Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Big Apple Hockey. It is great to have you guys back. We've always we always got a big show for you, but this isn't going to be as big as the other ones. I, I wish I wish it was, but there there's there's a lot of news to say, but not exactly a lot to be proud of. I, of course, am your fearless leader, Mark Williams, and I am joined by the man that could take down Bonesaw McGraw, Mr. John Falkowski. <laughs> it's Wednesday. And it's Rangers game day, and you know what that means, wrestling and hockey fans. Oh, yeah. And yeah. also, and also, down in the bottom square, the man who's just as frustrated as the rest of us, Mr. Anthony Larocco. I'm just glad that uh, hockey was finally back yesterday. Um, but, yeah, this, this whole thing has just been – it's just a giant shit show. But we'll get into that. I mean, that's the, basically the best way to say all this is it is a giant, giant shit show. And we're going to start with all the news about everything that's happened in the last week. NHL was doing play this week, but they even delayed more games. There's even more games delayed tonight, majority of them up in Canada and then Detroit as well. So the Islanders in Detroit, not happening. Then... The league and the NHLPA are in talks to ease COVID protocols, and I'm going to bring this up on the screen right now, guys, that according to Frank Zaravelli, they've officially shortened the isolation for a negative test, and it's all in accordance if the local health authorities agree to that. So, yay, we got to hope on the local health authorities. But, I mean, the real culprit and the reason why it's hard for the NHL to get going again and Lou Lamorello hits it on the head. It's it's Canada. Canada is got all these strict COVID policies, and it's just incredibly difficult with their policies to keep the league going. And that's what the difference is between the NBA and the NHL and everything else. But first, I'm going to direct you to one tweet that was sent out by a member of our staff right here, Mr. Anthony Larocco, who said. The NHL might as well just cancel the rest of the season if they're going to continue to test players who feel totally fine, asymptomatic, COVID protocol. And it's time to adopt the NH the NFL and the NBA's uh, protocols. Anthony, expand on that. Well, I mean, that, that tweet was basically out of frustration because, you know, every single day there's, there's players put in COVID protocol. Um, and it's just ridiculous to me because the, the reason why they're, they're, you're seeing so many cases in the NHL is because they're, they're testing – they're testing players, even if they feel totally, if they feel totally fine. I, I know it sounds ridiculous, but if they didn't test these players, they wouldn't even know they had COVID, and these games wouldn't be being postponed. I'm a big proponent of there's no need to test anybody if they're feeling if they're feeling good. Yeah, if they're if they're feeling sick, sure, test them. If they have COVID, you know, sure, put them in COVID protocol. Um, and I'm glad that they, you know, they listened to the CDC and they agreed that you know positive players only have to isolate for five days. But you know what? In my opinion, five days is, is still too long, too. Again, if the, there's only one – we went over this in prior in the last week's show. There's only one player in the league that's unvaccinated, and that's Tyler Bertuzzi. The whole league is vaccinated. These these are some of the finest athletes in the world. Um, all, these, all these cases, I would say probably 95% of these cases that the players are coming down with, they're asymptomatic or very, very mild symptoms. There is no reason why, even if you're positive, that they, they can't just play. It's not like this league is still unvaccinated or there's no vaccination for this. 
Um, you know, it's it's ridiculous and not getting too far into the, you know, the political side of it and, and the virus itself. But, you know, um, this new strain, Omicron, it's highly transmissible, but it's basically a head cold. It, it, it really is. And I was listening to doctors on TV and they said by study who, who studied viruses and compared it to the, you know, 1917 outbreak or whatever it was, the Black Plague or where they would walk through the whole yeah, country. Um, basically, when a virus mutates, mutates, mutates to the point where it is now which is not very severe, that's usually a sign that the end is near because that's what happens with these viruses. So this, this, it's very minor. These guys are vaccinated. They're great at their, they're, like I said, they're in great health, physical and, you know, shape. They're not, they're guys that, you know, keep their bodies always finely tuned and the symptoms either non-existent or very little. There's no reason why they can't play even if they, even if they're positive. So five days is better than 10. But I, I still think this is getting a little ridiculous. There's no need to test players when they're healthy. Test them when they're sick. Um, and, you know, I, that's that's really it for my rant regarding their, their COVID protocol. But um, the, base, the base of the tweet was you, if, you can't just keep postponing games. You have to learn to live with this. The NBA is not doing it. The NFL is not doing it, um, you know, with, with the amount of postponements you're seeing. It's just making the league look silly. It really is. And I know there's the Canada, the Canadian wrinkle to it. Um, and don't even get me started on them. I mean, you're talking teams can't have fans in some of these buildings for a couple for, you know, foreseeable future to the point where when the league canceled those whole slew of games, it was because they don't want to lose the money with no fans and they're going to reschedule them at a later date. Canada just needs really needs to get their <laughs> really needs to get their act together with this. This isn't March of 2020. I, I don't know what they're doing. Um, but you know, they, they really, really need to, to kind of lessen the restrictions and maybe with this new CDC ruling, they do. Um, otherwise, you know, U S teams are going to have a little bit of advantage with getting their players back early. But, um, this, this season has just been a disaster. I mean, starts and stops. And it's just, I don't know what else to say about it other than, you know, we need to move on from this. Brad Marsh, I know we're, we're going to probably get into tweets. Oh, we're going to get to that. Don't worry. That's going to be happening in a minute. We also got breaking news for you all right now. But before I toss this up the floor. Brad Marsh, I was just going to finish off by saying Brad Marshawn said it perfectly with, you know, we have, we have to learn to live with this and you can't just keep, keep postponing games and putting these players in COVID protocol. Cause like I said, at least for now, the virus isn't going away. I'm sure at some point it's just going to be around forever as like a, a flu type of thing, but you, you have to, you can't keep doing this. And he was, I, I agree with everything he said. Well, we're still operating under COVID protocols that are a year old, if not 16 months old. And the other thing also that it's that I just laugh about with this when people are going, oh, hey, uh, I can't believe the NBA didn't cancel any games. Well, that's because the NBA was not canceling Christmas. That is their cash cow. They would play on Christmas even if there was an atomic bomb about to go off. That's that's the way in uh, that's the way the NBA was working. The NFL makes sure that everybody could play at least one more. Uh, they'll like delay it three days. Oh, they all got COVID. All right, we, if we push it to Tuesday, we're fine. Really? That's that's doing that. So that's why I think all those measures is such BS to begin with. But uh, but Canada adapting uh, ad adopting this COVID zero idea, it's not going to happen. And that's where Marshawn's right. I now turn it over to John. I mean, there's not a whole lot that I could say after all that because you guys basically <laughs> hit it on the head of the nail. I mean, Alex Kalorn's quote that you're flashing below seems like Canada is the reason a lot of things don't happen. So if, I don't know if we're going to be able to do that. I think that kind of also encompasses everything, really, when it comes down to the, uh, the, the core of the matter. 
it, it's it's Canada and their policies, and it, they're holding everything back right now. And if this was a big problem, this was going to be the problem that it was for Canada, then maybe this season shouldn't have happened in Canada. Or maybe, or maybe the NHL shouldn't have played a season then if this, this was going to be this much of a problem. You know what? It's, Anthony's right. It's ridiculous. At this point, you know, we got to learn at some point on how to get on with life in general. And, and I'm not just talking about sports. I'm talking about everything. I, I don't want to get into the politics of it. But Anthony's right. The, the virus mutating as much as it has shown that the strains are getting weaker and weaker and weaker. And eventually it's going to become an endemic and it's just going to be like the flu. It's just, it's going to be around. So uh, everything's got to change. I, I, I'm, I'm tired of it. I'm sick and tired of everything. I'm tired of them postponing games. They, they, they had the U S in the world juniors forfeit a game. And then they, now they're canceling the entire tournament. So what was the point of having the world juniors? If you were going to do this, this should have never happened to begin with. The NHL, I'll I'll say it again. I know I've said this so many times before on here and in general, but NHL, best sport, worst league. They can't handle anything with any such sort of level of competence. And this is just another thing that they've grossly mishandled and botched to the point of no repair. It's just, it's terrible. So, uh, honestly, they they better start doing what the NBA and the NFL do because this is just stupid. If you're going to talk to me about uh, about possible transmission to fans, when are the players in contact with the fans? In those Especially arenas? with a giant piece of plexiglass between them. Exactly. And not only that, but if you look up how the virus is actually spread, it's not spread in one passing glance when you walk by somebody and you're like six <laughs> feet away. You have to be next to a person less than six feet and actually exchanging air droplets with them for an extended period of time in order to spread this virus. This isn't like it was like like six months ago where you're talking about, oh, well, we don't know how it spreads. We don't know if we could get it from touching surfaces that people have already touched without unwashed hands where everybody was bleaching down their house and making themselves into bubble boys and girls and everything like that. But this is completely different. We know that you can't get it like that anymore it's not transmittable like that so there, there's little to no possibility i would say a point zero 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 one percent chance that fans could get it from the players because there's no contact are they signing autographs for the fans after the games without masks on or something then, it, then no. if that's not the case then what are we worried about if all these players are vaccinated where we now, let me just ask you this also. You think they're just kind of canceling games because now we have a three-week hole we have to fill? Maybe they could be. I mean, if that's the case and that's really what this end game is, is to try to push them back and then fill those games up, I hope to God that all those arenas are available at that point. Yeah, booking. If they're not, then that's a massive backfire waiting to happen, and that's the NHL dropping the ball once again. So, And that's why – and we're going to get now to Brad Marchand's comments. Um, because as Mr. Fonkowski alluded to everybody, the United States forfeited a game versus Switzerland, which wasn't exact, which would have been important if they actually continued, but the breaking news, the world junior tournaments has been canceled. So now you're getting all these players just reacting to the news. And now you have, I'm going right now for it. Fred Morshan's comment right here. 
the NHL and the NHLPA change the rules of the CBA to add a taxi squad so they can miss uh, any games and don't lose any money. Uh, which, I mean, you look at all these comments that he's that he's making right there. The guys have worked their entire lives getting getting to the getting to get an opportunity to play in the Olympics. But this isn't the time to send people to the Olympics. We've said this numerous times. I mean, there was there's more to the quote. Anthony, you have the rest of that. Uh, well, I mean, I I agree with what he's saying. Uh, I think, um, you know, the, these play. Let's face it, the NHL players have a burning desire to play in the Olympics. They they like they like representing their countries. Um, McDavid made a statement about how it was highly disappointing, and he, you know he hopes that they could figure out how to do a to- a tournament with best on best. Um, you know, and these guys desire to play in the Olympics. I think, look, I think some guys were, were very petrified of the whole, you know, four week quarantine if they got in China, but it seems from, it seems from a lot of their comments that the, that the players still would have gone if, if it could have been worked out. Um, and that's, and that's, what's interesting to me that, uh, it, it just goes to show how badly I think players wanted to play in the Olympics, that they're still upset regardless of what the quarantine was going to be like if they did contract COVID in China, but um, you know, I, I agree with, I agree with Brad Marchand a little bit, you know, he, he goes on to say that, you know, players uh, that the NHL doesn't make money from the players being in the Olympics. And it's all about, it's all about the league making money. And that's why, you know, the really underlying reason of why they didn't want the players to go to the Olympics. Um, but I, I dislike him on the ice, but I agree with his view on the Olympics. I agree with his views on COVID um, and I think a lot of these players share the same sentiment. I mean, uh, Taylor Hall uh, tweeted just about how, you know, he was asymptomatic and how frustrating it was to have to sit out while, you know, while he feels fine. Um, and I think a lot of these guys have share exactly the same feelings about it. It's just it just doesn't make it just doesn't make sense, given where we are in the world when it comes to, you know, the virus and therapeutics for it. So um, and the vaccination rate. So. Uh, as far as the Olympics go, um, you know, it, it would be it, it's fantasy it wouldn't happen. But I wonder if the NHL players really wanted to play that badly. Like, what would the league do if literally all the players just went anyway? I mean, they're not going to at that point. What are they going to do? They can't, you, you literally can't penalize every single player. I mean, sure, it might be a breach of contract. But again, what are they, are they going to make literally every NHL player goes to the Olympics a free agent? I mean, they would they would never do that. So, um Again, it wouldn't happen, but if the players really felt that strongly about it, it would send quite the message if they did do that. But, um, you know, it is a shame we're not going to see them playing in the Olympics. And like I said last week, I'm still going to watch. But I agree with Marshawn's sentiments on it. And, you know, I I think a lot of players are really deeply rooted um, in their feelings of being really pissed off about this. Well, yeah, they they are. But, again, the the, the PA really made – the decision to not go. So that that's the only problem I have with Marshan's comments. I, I, I totally get what, where he's coming from. And I, I, I understand his view, but the, the, the PA made the decision to back out, which we all thought they were going to do. And they ended up doing, and you know what? I, I, I can't blame them. You know what? If, if you, if you test positive and even it's a, if it's a false positive, they have you over there for five weeks you know how many games you're going to miss at that point? That's t- possibly 10 plus games that you can miss for your NHL season. And that's the biggest problem I have. Like, why are we quarantining people for five weeks over a virus when usually a virus travels in and out of you in about seven days at most? Seven days at most. 
Why title of my sex tape. What's that? <laughs> title of my sex tape. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Um, yeah. So about that. Um, but yeah, the, any, I just don't get why we're, we're quarantining for that long. And I, I just, you know what? I, I'm happy they didn't go. And then, you know, what have, let's just say Adam Fox went and he, he tested positive or something like that. And it was a false positive. And they kept him over there for five weeks. You know how pissed you and I would be, Mark? Oh, God, yeah. Every we'd all be pissed, but you know what? I, again, I do understand what he's talking about with the protocols because the protocols are ridiculous. I, it, it, and just to have the this many players vaccinated, there's only one guy that isn't. Everybody knows who he is. Yeah, and I mean, you know what? fine. If you don't want to let him into Canada, fine. I got no problem with that, but play on. It, it's 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 where it's just such a hindrance for everybody because they're trying to figure out the perfect solution to this there isn't a perfect solution no. there is none there's covid's going to be around uh after this and it's i mean i i could argue that it's not as deadly as what uh, the original strand was and all that stuff but that's not the reason why oh sean nice i like that seven minutes at most most of more the story marks failed relationships but the it's just you have to figure out a way to do this because and and, and COVID zero is not going to happen. Sorry to inform Justin Trudeau that, but it's never going to happen. Now, where the NBA and MLB could just go, all right, we have one team up there. Let's move it down. The NHL has got to worry about the Winnipeg Jets. They got to worry about the Edmonton Oilers. They got to worry about the Vancouver Canucks, all these other teams that are up in Canada. There's seven teams in Canada. So you got to be able to do something to, with with Canada because that, the hockey, hockey's Canada's game, and we can't just move them south of the border and be like Toronto playing Buffalo, Montreal playing Maine. But I know, and then there's more. There's false positives. It's just these, these are highly tuned athletes. You're not encountering problems. I've said this before. I'll say it again. The flu has been around the NHL since the dawn of the NHL. It's just the way it is. And if you want to say this is the COVID flu, then it's the COVID flu. But no, figure out a way to do this. And then putting taxi squads back in, okay, fine. Um, but I guess we're going we're gonna to wrap it up right there because this is too frustrating for all of us to keep talking about. What do you guys think? Should the NHL be moving on with uh, their protocols? Should they be updating them? The answer is yes, but there's that's a different story. And um, and just leave a like, share, and subscribe. We're going to do some more entertaining talk right now. Because, by the way, there is a game tonight for our local team. Yay! So we're going to have <clears throat> the Rangers taking on the Florida Panthers. And, by the way, before I forget to say this, uh, always look for Filks Good, Bad, and Ugly for the New York Rangers either on our Facebook page or if he's feeling frisky, he'll host uh, a little college show uh, with everybody. But tonight, John, are the Rangers going to show that they're ready to play with the big boys and the Florida Panthers? Well, Florida's got a bunch of guys that are in COVID protocol. I believe Jonathan Huberdo is in it. Um, I think Alexander Barkov might be in it still. Um, I There's a bunch of guys that are out for tonight's game as far as I know. 
So um, if the Rangers can come out and, and, and bring their A game and stuff, actually, this Huberto might be back. Actually, oh, no. Okay, Coach Burnett is saying, uh, just uh, read a uh, tweet from them on their uh, social media. Coach Burnett is saying he's anticipating almost a full lineup with the expected returns of Barkov, Huberto, Maxim Mammon, and Mason Marshman. So it looks like they're going to be at full strength. So, uh, yeah, this is going to be a litmus test for them because Florida, they beat them the last time, but that was really the game where they really t- started to turn their season around. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, uh, it, it's it's going to be tough. This ain't going to be an easy game. Uh, you know, the Rangers, they, they've had some games where they've started off real slow and sloppy. So the key tonight for them is going to be to come out hard and fast and really kind of take it to Florida and show that they're for real. Uh, I know we're without Ryan Lindgren. I saw that Leibor Hayek is going to be playing with Adam Fox. I think I want to go put my head through a wall right now. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So that that pairing is going to be tested. We're going to see just how good Adam Fox really is because he's going to have to carry the, the corpse of Leibor Hayek all night. But, uh, yeah. So, and Diane's comment here, the Rangers are notoriously uh, flat after layoffs. Yeah. Yep. That's something to watch out for. So. And where is that? Where do you uh, change that? Coaching. It's coaching. So and that, hopefully that, that, we're going to see a different team with Gerard Gallant that they're ready to jump out there. This is their first game since Vegas on, I think it was a Friday night two weeks ago. Uh, yeah. You got you to gotta hope that you got that. Anthony, are the Rangers ready to play with the big boys? I think that, I think this game is, is going to be a little weird. I mean, both teams haven't played in a while. Um and I, I think, you know, that that's going to affect the tempo of this game. I think there might be some rust um, from both sides. Um, and I don't know. I, I don't know what to expect for some of these teams in the next couple of games because it's just it's just a weird time with everything going on. And again, they haven't played in a while. Um, so even, even if the Rangers lose to Florida tonight, I really I really don't think it, you know, means they're not ready to play with the big boys being the circumstances. So. Um, but yeah, sure. You want to beat a team like Florida. that has been pretty good all year, although they, they, they haven't been playing as well as they did in the beginning of the year. Um, but you know, they're, they, they got a lot of weapons that can hurt you mainly Barkoff and Huberto, um, you know, Carter Verhage, uh, Spencer Knight spent some time in the minors. I believe they might've called them back up. Um, but you know, there's no doubt they're a good team. Um, the Rangers, you know, want to feel good about themselves getting two points off this break. Um, I'm assuming Shesterkin's playing tonight for the first time in a long time. Uh, uh, yeah, I would think. Yeah. So that, I mean, take that into consideration too. He hasn't played in a while, so there might be some rust on him. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, I don't think this is going to be like some sort of ridiculous high tempo, um, you know, game here. And again, I don't think the result is going to mean too much in terms of, you know, what each team can do going forward, but, um, it's good that you're going to be back on the ice. You guys get to see your team again. Um, but yeah, you got it, I think tomorrow night, right? Yeah, against against Buffalo. So hopefully that game actually happens. But we'll yeah. we'll see. Islanders were supposed to go back to back, not so much now. So, um, but it's is, are you gonna if if the Rangers win these two games against Florida, are you gonna raise an eyebrow and say this team is for real? I mean, I I already do think they're they're a real team. I mean, I think they're gonna make the playoffs. So I mean, it won't it won't really change my opinion of them. I think they're you know a really good team as it is. So. Um, but yeah, obviously to beat them both times would be, would be, would be good to see if you're a Ranger fan that may, you know, make yourself, make yourself feel good about the team going forward. Um, but I already view them as a really good team, so it's not really going to change my opinion. Okay. Cause you know, you, you get some people, um, who think they just beat up on bad teams. Phil. 
Yeah, I mean, that's a narrative that's been going around. And yes, uh, it, it just, uh, it, I mean, that's, there you go. That that kind of solidifies it. And that was before the Vegas game. Yeah, and, and you, you know what? They, they, they got to they gotta start pulling out some wins against better teams like this. I know they've beaten Florida before. They, they beat Nashville earlier on in the year. Um, excuse me, but you know what? You can come out and you could make a statement with a win tonight. So, um, apparently, uh, Grant here, which was something we were looking forward to as Ranger fans, sounds like Jones is not playing per Larry Brooks's article. What a shock. Yeah, they, they rather would put Libor Hayek in against them, and Libor Hayek is just god-awful. So, <laughs> you, you know about this is going to be real good tonight to watch. But y- y- you got to start winning these games against these better teams and really prove yourself as as a – as a, as a true contender, um, this team could win a playoff round if things go right, but you got to start more on that in a minute. Yeah. And, and, and to go back to Ryan Reeves's quote, cause I, I really liked what he said like a month or two back where he said that, uh, you know, we have to, uh, you have to start playing playoff hockey all throughout the year. It, you can't just play it at the, at, you know, down the stretch. You got to be playing it all season. So if Reeves and the Rangers really want to uh, start to prove themselves, then they need to play playoff hockey tonight. I always say this, by the way, about any of my teams. There's always a guy on that, on my team. I just can't help but look at and go, get that guy off my team. Leibor Hayek is number one. Oh, my goodness. Just what? what why is he here? So, Anthony, uh, before I go to Phil's Ranger, who's your Islander? You just want that guy off the team right now. Um, you know, I, I, um, Chara. I, I was going to say Chara. The difference is I, I actually like Chara though. It's tough. Yeah. He hasn't been good, but I like, it's like, for instance, um, like Leo Komarov, I didn't particularly like he was bad one, but actually let me bring that up. People make jokes about Komarov put a curse on the team because ever since they, they parted ways, they really struggled. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess in, if you're talking about pure just like talent and, you know, being effective on the ice, I guess you could say um, Chara or Green. But there's, there's really a lot of the guys on the team I, I really don't really have too much of an issue with. Like, you know, Brise hasn't produced, but I absolutely love his game. Um, and and by the way, it's not limited to sometimes of whether or not it's not a likable guy. I, I yeah. want a Jason Bay off the Mets. That guy was great. <laughs> I was like, get him out of here. He's not any good. Philk? Well, you know where I'm going right off the bat. Uh, I think his name rhymes with Emmeth. Yeah, it's a traffic cone that wears number 12. Uh, Maybe (laughs) even a pylon since he's a bigger guy. But, uh, yeah, Um, he's got to go. He's just been awful, and I I don't care what – any type of analytics says that he's been better recently or anything like that. If you can't make a basic outlet pass and you can't hold on to the puck for an extra second or two to be able to make an outlet or an area pass and, and be able to just advance the puck on a basic play out of the zone, you're not an NHL level defenseman. You're simply not. So get him off this team ASAP. All right, guys. So what do you think? Is Rangers ready to play with the big boys? We're going to find out as they take on Florida Panthers and the NHL leading Tampa Bay Lightning in two days. So 
We're going to move on. We're going to do some bar talk. Let's get these tickers and banners out of the way. Do, 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 do. And we also got a new wrinkle that we're going to be showing to you guys premiering today. And of course, I went to the wrong. I'm going to take a shot on this one. You're going to say beer. I'm buying everybody around on this. Oh my God. I can't help but look at that guy with the, the hair out and thinking, oh God, I wish I was him right now. Instead, I'm a little bit under the weather and it's you get you guys got the Zelda hat and the sweatshirt. That's what you got. Uh, but today we're experimenting with a brand new clock that we've installed in here. So that way we can not ramble as much. But and let me just get to that. Everybody, welcome back to Big Apple Hockey Bar Talk, where we gauge error. Oops, wait, I have nothing on behind us. <laughs> that yeah we kind of need a background you don't you don't want to look at nothing anyway everybody welcome back to big apple hockey bar talk where we gauge our confidence on nhl topics based on our choice to drink do you feel like buying everybody around you so confident so so you just want a beer or you want you just need a shot Ugh. come on so we're gonna start off with this one the new york rangers will win a playoff series this round, Mr. John Volkowski. Beer, it depends on whether they make a move at the deadline and address uh, another left-handed side defenseman and add a uh, top six forward on the right side, preferably a right winger. Um, I don't know if they're going to be able to do so. I'm hoping Dallas falls out of the race and the price for Joe Pavelski isn't too crazy because Joe Pavelski would literally be perfect for this team. I don't see them getting Tomas Hurdle. Uh, Riley Smith is probably the guy that they're going to end up with because I just think it makes way too much sense. Phil Kessel also makes a ton of sense, but I don't know if they'll go after him. So I'm going to say beer. Anthony. Um, I'm going to go beer because Will implies I can't go round because I'm not, I can't say they're definitely going to, and I, I can't go shocks so and can't say they're definitely not. Um, but you know, they're a young team. Sometimes it's for a lot of guys, it's going to be their first time in a playoff series. Um, and you know, that, that definitely plays into it. Probably if it's a two, three matchup, maybe they play Carolina or Washington. Both those teams are really good. Uh, they can beat them, but, uh, you know, those teams are have a little more experience have been there before. Um, so it depends, but I'm, I'm going to say beer cause I, I think they can, but I, I just can't say definitively they're going to, I'm going to go beer too. Let's make it a queen sweep. Uh, I thought about either going shot or buying around, but the truth is, uh, I think they could beat Pittsburgh. I think Washington chokes all the time and then that would still leave you Carolina. I think Carolina would beat them in a series right now. Uh, but we'll see about that. Cause that's going to be happening soon enough. So we're going to move on from there. And now this is the hard part about the timer. We have extra time. Oh, yeah. By the way, tap the subscribe because that's also pops up every single time. So, Anthony, the Islanders are going to have to tear this team down. This is easy. This is a shot. Um, you know, everyone predicted them to, like, go to the finals. Dan Rosen, who's on our show, said, I don't know if you guys remember, he's like, I don't see a hole in this team. 
Listen, I think it's just it was a perfect storm for them. The the 13 game road trip, the stops, the starts, the COVID. Um, sometimes this happens to a team. You just have a really bad year, even though you're a good team. The core of their team is young where it matters. Barzell, Bovillier, Wallstrom, Dobson. They got Pelican and Pollock locked in, top pair locked in. Their goaltending was great with Sorokin, Verlamov tandem. Um, I think Lou should just do nothing, honestly. Just play this out. If they get back in it, they get back in it. Um, you know, if not, you know, get a left side defenseman in the summer via trade free agency and then get back to where you were the last prior years next season. But um, I, I don't I don't think Lou needs to tear down this team at all. They're they're still a very good hockey team. Phil at the, at the root of it. Shot. Um, they they have a lot of cap space to work with that that Lou Lamorello created by clearing things up. And like Anthony said, the, the, the essentially the core of their team is young. So it's not like they need to make any drastic overhauls. They're going to lose some car. They're going to gain some cap space too in the off season. If they, as long as they don't go too crazy with it, because you're going to have to give Matt Barzal a new contract sooner than later. I, I, there, there's no need to tear it down, but they are going to have to make some significant additions. So uh, shot. I'm going to go shot. They can just tweak it and get it going again. Uh, there's certain little tweaks they got. We're going to do new year's resolutions in a few minutes. So, there you go. Uh, we'll talk more about that. TNT has got the Winter Classic this year, guys. And TNT will hit a home run for the NHL with the Winter Classic. I'm going to go first, and I'm going to buy everybody around on this. I think TNT is going to use a lot of their resources. They're going to make sure that it's incredibly entertaining. They have it in prime time at 7 o'clock, Target Field. And there is so much that energy that they could put on this NBA uh, and NBC was always afraid about going up against the NFL. Not the case. TNT is ready to do it and ready to go up against college football. Anthony round. Um, I love the, the team that they assembled. Uh, I love the presentation they have. Um, you know, it's going to be on the biggest stage in the winter classic. Um, I think it's going to be a great atmosphere at the building itself. Um, I think it's it's going to be a good spectacle, even if you know watching it on TV. I'm sure being in person will be even better. <laughs> Granted, the temperature it's supposed to be like negative 13 that night, but uh, I, I love TNT hockey. I think they're going to do a great job with it. I'm going to buy rounds, but uh, just to make a point about the uh, the crew, uh, I don't believe that like Gretzky, Bissonette, and Tockett in them are going to be a part of it because I think they're doing a studio in Atlanta. So I think it's going to be like the other crew that they have, like the Brendan Burks and all them and uh, AJ Maleshko. And I think it's still a really good crew. It's just like some of the name values, like not having Wayne Gretzky there. I mean, it, it, it doesn't exactly hurt, but it doesn't help them either not having those guys. So, but I, I do think that with this being on TNT, it's going to do a lot better this time around. So um, I'm buying around. All right. I'm just going to reset the timer real quick. And there we go. Uh, Phil, I'm going to go right back to you with this. Tampa Bay has a fully functional Death Star, and I'm going to take every bit of that sentence. Uh, shot because Nikita Kucherov is not there, and and that would make and that that would help make it a fully functional Death Star. But it, it still wouldn't even be a fully functional Death Star with him because you're you're missing Coleman, you're missing Gord, you're missing Goudreau. You, you there are they need bottom six depth. They absolutely need bottom six depth, and, and you're going to see that come playoff time. They might run into a team that has that depth and that can outclass them in that department, and that might be why they might not three-peat. So uh, if they make a move at the deadline, sure, but as of right now, no. Good. You understood what I was trying to go for. 
Uh, I'll 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 go Anthony. I'll just do that. Uh, I'm gonna go with right now. I'm buying everybody around because I do think that they're rolling even without those guys. But I understand exactly where you're going with that. And matter of fact, yes, bottom six depth is their thermal exhaust port. So they they need to fix that. But right now you got Ross Colton contributing in the Kucherov spot like he did last night. Anthony, I'm gonna say shot. Um, you know, like like Phil mentioned that that. That third line, that depth last year, if they didn't have that line of Goudreau, Gord, and um, why am I drawing a blank on the the, the third player on that line? Like Goudreau, Gord, Coleman, Coleman. Thank you. Without that line playing so well, they probably don't get past the Islanders last season. So I think that's going to hurt them. Playoff hockey is different than the regular season. Sure, they're going right now, um, but it's a different brand of hockey, and I think that that depth certainly might hurt them. Still a good team, still could win it all, but I, I don't think it's happening. Speaking about players who are having great seasons, uh, just a renaissance season for them. Uh, Anthony, you you throw this one up. Alex Ovechkin will win both the Art Ross and the Rocket Richard trophies this year. And if you need to know, he's trailing the Oilers to duel by two points and only dry sidle by one goal. Go ahead. And Anthony just Anthony, muted out. Uh, Okay, I'll, I'll take over him. I'm I'm gonna say shot because I don't think he's going to win the goal score. Or I don't think he's gonna win the points. Uh, I don't think he's gonna win the Art Ross. I I think the Rocket Richard is definitely possible because he just he just continues to score goals at just a, an astounding and unseen rate for someone his age. I, I mean, he's probably gonna be the oldest player in NHL history to score 50 goals this year. So. Um, I'm, I'm going to say shot in that regard. Uh, I'm going to say shot too, even though I think he's going to keep going at this rate. I just think McDavid's going to take off again. And then, yeah, yeah he's just going to be McDavid. Yep. And he also got dry sidle too. Cause I mean, that's where he's going to be passing the puck to. And it's just, it's just going to be that simple. I think for those two, those they're not two guys. playing on the same line anymore. They went back to the, I mean, He's he's playing with their with, power play there together. Yeah, power play there together. But uh, McDavid's playing with um, Hyman and Pulleyarvi, and then Drysaddle has been playing with Yamamoto and uh, Nugent Hopkins. So um, I mean, they've been split up in uh, in uh, even strength. But like you said, power play—it's definitely where a big big percentage of their points come from. That's a deadly deadly combination. Yeah, and it's just like, what are you gonna do, and? You got ten seconds. Is he yeah, gonna go? Ellen, Ellen needed me. Um, I, I don't. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say shot because I don't think he's. Will implies that he's gonna do it, but just being in the conversation to be in this position to do it at 36 years old, um, is amazing. I think he could easily win the the Rocket Richard. I mean, trails Drysidle, um, by one goal. Um, Art Ross. He's not really known lately for for putting up assists, but he is this year. Um, I just think Dry Saddle McDavid are going to beat him in that category, um, so I think he'll fall short there. But let me tell you something: if he managed to do that, win both Oof. of those at 36 years old, I mean that that's just like the icing on the cake just, for this just, guy. Just put him in the Hall of Fame right now. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah <laughs> really. Well, He's I amazing. mean, yeah, he definitely belongs there. And oh, uh, Phil, you would definitely know this one, so I have to ask this question. Is has anybody won the Rocket and the MVP? The Rocket Richard and the the, the MVP, Richard? yeah. And the, oh, sorry, and the Art Ross. I mean, I was I gonna mean, say, and, and the uh, Rocket and the Art Ross, yeah. Um, Ovechkin, 
in uh, 2008. Is yeah. actually he he won them both. Okay. Um, I believe. Uh, let's see here. Corey Perry, I know, won the heart and the he rocket. Yeah, he won the heart and the rocket, but not not the Art Ross that year in 2011. That was um, Daniel. Yeah, or Henrik. Yeah, it, it was it was either Daniel or Henrik because in 2010 and 11, the, the, the both cities won each year. What more? Yeah. One of them won in each year. Yager. I can't remember which one won which year, but I believe it was Daniel in 2011. Uh, Yager. Yager didn't. The uh, the rocket first started in I think 97 with Keith Kachuk. No, 1999 with Timo Solani, who was the first one. And Thank you. 40, I know Kachuk yeah. led with uh, like 50 something goals in 97. I mean, if, if, we're, if we're, well, Davey, Davey brings up a good question here because are we talking just the scoring trophy? Or are we actually talking the Rocket Rashard? Because if it's just the scoring trophy in the Art Ross, then, you know, I, I mean, yeah, Wayne Gretzky won it a bunch of times, but. Well, now, yeah. Yeah. Joe Thornton won the, won the, Ross and the uh, the heart in 2006 when he beat out Yager at the end of the season for it. Yes, but he uh, didn't have the rocket. No, he didn't have the rocket. Chichu won the rocket that year. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. So, 56. All right, we're going to move on, by the way, because we were talking about Alexander Ovechkin just a second ago, and we got to talk about possibly the new Alexander Ovechkin and the new Sidney Crosby with Connor Bedard and Mitchkov are going to be the next Crosby and Ovechkin. Talk. I'm gonna buy a round on this, and I, I, I tell you right now, everybody sleeps on Connor Bedard's shooting, but his shooting mechanics for a 16 year old and his shot at that level, they say it's better than Austin Matthews's was at 16. And I've seen film of how he shoots and his footwork in turn and in the, like where his shoulders are when you when you shoot the puck. His shooting mechanics are freaking amazing. Amazing. And Matvey Mitchkov pulled a move uh, the other night against uh, the Swiss where I was just – my mind was blown at how he could do that. So Matvey Mitchkov is going to be a dynamo, and Connor Bedard is going to be a great player. Will they be at that very exact same skill level? That's hard to say, but they are going to be the next Crosby-Ovechkin type, and that I will buy a round on. Anthony, uh, a Russian and a Canadian, um, both times. That's I'm 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 gonna go around. Uh, you know, Connor Bedard has been talked about for the last like two years since he's a 14 year old, um, and how comparisons Connor McDavid and possible generational player. I mean, the guy scored four goals um, the other night, and he was the first player at 16 years old to score hat trick in in the World Junior since Gretzky in 1977. Um, you know. I, I, th I think he has the potential to do McDavid-type stuff in the NHL. And John French and Michkov, I mean, you saw the, the skills there. The, the skill set is absolutely there with that movie pulled off. Um, he doesn't have the size and strength as Ovechkin does, I don't believe. But, um, I mean, he's he's also going to be a very, very good player. I think Bedard might be the better guy when it's all said and done. But, um, you know, these guys may bring the same sort of excitement to the game that Crosby and Ovechkin did at a time when the game really, really needed it. Um, so I'm going to go round and I think both these guys are going to be, you know, really, really good players. And like I said, Bedard possibly might be a McDavid generational type player. I'm actually going to say beer for a different reason, because right now, um, 
uh, Mitchkov has got a contract going to the KHL. So he's going to be in the KHL possibly for three years. And one thing that helped Crosby and Ovechkin was the lockout because both of them ended up making their rookie uh, debuts in mm-hmm. 2006. And by the way, th- that's the best rookie class of all time. When you talk about that, um, Dion Phaneuf finished third. Henrik Lundqvist was nominated for a Vesna and didn't get nominated for the Calder. That was ridiculous. But it's it, it, as far as as far as this goes, that could be the one thing that kind of knocks these guys a little bit back. Hopefully, they will still have that rivalry. By the way, going to one of Connor Bernard's teammates, Philk. Well, actually, I'll go to Anthony now that he's back. Montreal will end up with Shane Wright. Well, I mean, you're basically saying that they're going to win the lottery um, to get that chance. And, I mean, that's so very unpredictable. But, um, I mean, Arizona probably deserves Shane Wright with how bad they are. Um, but, I mean, Montreal will probably be in the lottery to in the chance to get him. Um, you know, so it's, it's possible. But, I don't know. Do I think Montreal is going to win the lottery? It's too hard to say who, you know, no one expected the Rangers to win it the year they got – um, you know, Lafreniere. So uh, you never know. But I mean, I think I think Arizona deserves him the most. Um, you know, I, I think um, I mean, San Jose is good. So I don't think they're going to be there. But I think San Jose could use a, a top uh, tier talent like that. They haven't had a top a really high pick um, lately. Um, but Marlowe was too. Yeah. My, yeah, right. was too behind Thornton. yeah. I mean, he would be great in that market. Uh, but I, I don't know. I guess I'm going to go shot. I know you never know, but I, I don't, I just don't think Montreal is going to win the lottery. Phil. Again, like I'm going to have to really just copy Anthony here because it's just, there's no way it's a shot for me. I, I just don't have any way of predicting this, but do I see it? Probably not. So, uh, I'm going to go beer because they did it on NHL network yesterday and, he ended up where he ended up going to Montreal. So, oh, well, there you go with that. Guys, by the way, last night, Arizona and San Jose played an 8-7 shootout game. High-scoring games are better than low-scoring games. Phil. Beer, because there's context to be had here. Is a, If a high-scoring game where the goals are just crappy goals, like, do, do you really want to see that? But at the same time, you don't want to see a boring trap game where it's, you know, just neutral zone play and everything like that. I understand that. But a low-scoring game where chances are being traded and the goalies are making big save after big save can be just as exciting as a total bar burner. So I'm going to go beer. Anthony? Um, I'm going to go beer, too, because, I mean, I, I've seen some really, really entertaining low-scoring low games. I mean, just watching the Islanders in the playoffs last couple of years, there have been some games against Tampa Bay, um, the overtime overtime games they've played, where it was like a 2-1 game. Um, that that's <laughs> It gives you much anxiety, but those type of games are, are really, really fun to watch. But then again, you know, those, those barn burners are really exciting, too. You know, goals being scored and all the ridiculous plays going on. Um, but I, I don't really, I can't really say I like one better than the other. So, um, I'm going to go beer casual fan. Yeah. Like probably likes high scoring games, but for me, it doesn't really matter. If there's 14 goals that go into the net, I'm going to go with shot because somebody play defense or goaltending. <laughs> it's just the way that I feel. It's just, come on. It, it's, you can't, 
you can't have that. Um, and it's also just, you know, I, I like good defensive games, like four, three games, or maybe even three, four, uh, three, two games. That's what, that's what I like to see. They're still scoring, but not exactly a lot of it. And the lastly, guys, I could score three points if I played 10 NHL games. Mr. LaRocco, <laughs> go ahead. Um, I should add this just, just for some fun and satire on this one. But um, I mean, obviously, I've never seen you play ice hockey. Um, but no offense, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go shot. I mean, these guys just play at a higher level. I mean, you go to a game and see it in person, the size and how fast they skate and, and the hitting, and it's just the, 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 you know, men's league. We have pretty much all day to decide to make plays. I mean, them, they got to make decisions in like you know seconds. So um, <laughs> I don't, I don't see it happening for you, Mark. Um, although I, I've always said like hockey my whole life, I'm sure John could probably, you know, see where I'm coming from this, but maybe we were skilled enough when we played. So maybe if we were put on a power play and we got, you know, hitting the, we got hit in the ass and the puck went in, we could probably score a goal. Or if there was a broken play where a guy shot it, it was blocked. The goal was out of position and went right to our stick. <laughs> maybe we could put it in. But other than that, it, it would be it would almost be like no chance, but sorry, Mark, I don't think you, I don't think maybe you can get lucky, get one phantom assist. I know I took yeah. up all the time here, so I apologize, but um, I don't know. Oh, good. Phil's going to have 90 seconds to trash me now. I don't so think you're right. getting three. Yeah, no, I, I, we'd be lucky if any one of us got a point. Uh, and, that, it, and I tell you right now that me, Anthony and I have played against the Ferraro brothers, Benoit Hogue, we, I mean, uh, Vladimir Nikiforov, who ended up playing for the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. I mean, we've we've seen guys that would absolutely mop the floor with us, not even really be able to sustain in, in careers in the NHL. We would, it would never happen. It would never happen. We'd be lucky if we got a point somehow. So, uh, shot. Sorry, Mark. Oh no, it's okay. I'm buying everybody around on this. I'm going to do that because you know what? Why not? Why not? After all, I played with Marty Hughes, the uncle of the Hughes brothers. So there's one. So I know I had somebody with NHL talent. And, got, and by the way, if Marty was playing today, Marty would be in the NHL because they wouldn't have shied away from him being uh, small. And after all, I had Timmy Karakostas. I had a lot of guys that I played with that they were really good. Uh, that's the bold, the most bold I'm going to be. That's, that's, that's it. I also played NHL uh, 18 the last time, and I did really well on that. I always scored a, a goal on my first shift. So there you go. You, the key is get to the front and press the R3 button. I don't know if that checks the goalie or something. I really can't remember. So, all right, guys. So what do you think about uh, Bar Talk with a timer on it? Were we a little bit faster for you guys today? Uh do you think I'd, I would score one point in the NHL? I, I know. There's somebody out there that believes in me. And uh, are the Rangers going to win a playoff series? Tampa fully functional. And what is their weakness? So throw it all down in the comments below. So, guys, the new year starts this week. And do you have any New Year's resolutions yourselves? Are we talking for the teams or just for like us? Well, for you, for you. You uh, feel. Hmm. Just to, to stay disciplined and uh, 
keep going to the gym and really, uh, you know, stay on that grind. That that would be what? my big. You one. don't want to lose too much. You turn sideways, we lose you. Then get the hell out of here. No, I, I, you know what? I want to, I want to get, I want to get a little more muscle and uh, bulk up a bit. I mean, I've, I've noticed the, uh, the cuts in my arms and stuff now, and you know, the gut that I had is completely almost disappeared. I have a neck, as you can see, unlike in other past videos, they couldn't really see my neck. It looked like I had a triple chin at times, but uh, yeah, I, I want to, uh, I want to continue to. Uh, really get back and really uh, get into better shape and maybe even bulk up just a little bit. Uh, I would love to double our uh, subscriber count. That's because most of my goals are related to this and uh, the YouTube channels, but Anthony quickly with yours. Uh, I really don't have much for myself, but um, I would say oh, no, we're going to get to the NHL ones right now. I was just wondering hopefully to cover the NHL all-star game. Oh, what? I'm, I'm looking forward to that, and I can't wait till we're going to do that. So, first, going around the local teams, uh, the New York Rangers and New York Islanders. We'll start with the Rangers first, Phil. What is your New Year's resolution for the New York Rangers? Uh, I have a couple. Get rid of Patrick Nemeth. Get a right wing. Okay. Simple. Yeah, that that's nice and simple. I would say... Show starting tonight. Don't wait till the New Year's. Starting tonight, show all these elite teams that you're for real. And yeah. that I I've said it before. I'll say it again. The Islanders' season sort of tumbled out of control when they did the Florida trip, and a lot of teams are dreading the Florida trip right now because right now you have two great teams that are down there. But um, Florida's starting to calm down a little bit. Igor Sesterkin's back. This team can really make a statement today and uh, I think it's Friday they're playing Tampa that they can really belong there. So, Anthony, what's your New Year's resolution for the New York Rangers? Um, I actually, first, I have one. I thought of one for the Coyotes. Their, their New Year's resolution is to to find a long-term home for themselves because right now it seems <laughs> like they're, they're, uh, they're certainly oh. um, up in the air there. <laughs> well, we're going to be going around the rest of the league in a second. For the so, Rangers, um, I think you got to say make the playoffs. Uh, you know they haven't, they haven't been there in a couple of years. So, you know your fan base is clamoring to get back there. Um, they had a great you know first thirty something games of the season. So you know hopefully all this stop and start play doesn't affect them negatively, and um, they can keep moving forward and you know lock down a playoff spot. All right, so I'm going to go right back to you, Anthony. Um, th we're, this is going to be for the Islanders, though, not not the Coyotes. Mm -hmm. So um, what do you got for the Islanders? Uh, I, well, I think their New Year's resolution just simply has to be try and get back, at least get back in the playoff race. Um, you know, you got, I know you got to take it one day at a time with the holder in, but, um, you know, they're, I think they're 11 points behind Detroit for the last wild card spot. Um, they do have, you know, games in hand, but uh, they just got to chip away at that. You know, win, like I said, I've been talking about it for a while now, you know, get on a stretch, you know, where you win six, seven in a row or, you know, eight out of 10 and just, just try to get back in it. But I think that's got to be the New Year's resolution to at least uh, get back, give themselves a fighting chance. Phil. Uh, for the Islanders, I, I would say just get through the rest of this season healthy. And if you miss the playoffs, I, I if I were them, I, I would want to be in the lottery. If you have this team and you could get someone like a, 
a, a Shane Wright, a Matt Savoy, or a Brad Lambert in this draft, and you end up coming back next season, maybe you bring him on. Maybe you bring one of those guys on as a rookie if they're ready. God forbid Barry Trotz actually gives them the minutes to actually prove anything. That's going to be the big issue. But if you win, if you get into the lottery and get one of those guys in this draft, and then you you come back next season with some additions, that Islander team looks that much more dangerous going forward. So I, I would want to, if I were them, I would want to tank out and I, I would just say, hey, you know what? It's not our year. Let's get the best player we can get in this draft. And I'm, I'm going to go with for them. Get younger, get faster. Yeah. They are they are a step slow. And you know something? There was a guy that predicted back in the summer, I actually am going to find the footage and put it in the cut version of this video, Mr. Anthony Larocco down there saying, they got rid of Nick Letty, but who are you going to replace him with? They got rid of Nick Letty, and then they got a traffic cone in Daniel Char. <laughs> it's, and, I, I, and again, I'm nothing against Daniel Char. You're not Nick Letty skating-wise. So... And you know something? Maybe it's time you play Bellows. Maybe it's time that you move Wallstrom up. Maybe it's time you do all this, this, all these other things. You don't have to stick with the same formula, but whatever it is, they got to figure out their formula. If you get it and you get it next year and they end up surging and making a run and falling short, fine. That's what it is. But this team was supposed to be competing for a Stanley Cup. I had them losing in the Stanley Cup finals and they're not going to be there. So I could say that. Let's go around the league. So, um, Philk, do you have some New Year's resolutions for teams not the Arizona Coyotes? Do I have to do one for each team? Oh, no. Just go ahead. Just What do you have on the top of your head? Hmm. New Year's resolution. Uh, By the way, Las if you Vegas, guys got any, throw them in the comments right now. Las Vegas, just get Jack Eichel back and get ready for the playoffs. Okay. You know what? I'm going to stick with Vegas, and then I'm going to ask Anthony for his. How about Vegas? Put up or shut up. I'm tired of you guys all the time talking about how your goal is to win the Stanley Cup, and then you end up getting the fourth seed Montreal Canadiens and just completely, you know, to use an English word, shite the bed. Anthony. Toronto Maple Leafs win a playoff round. <laughs> How did um, I know that was coming? I'm Raven Wilson gonna pound Maple Leafs can't win around. I mean, we 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 talked about it in the offseason, and you know, if this team fails to win around again, I mean, at what point does Dubis get the can, or at what point do they look to move one of their you know big four players, if you will? Um, yeah, I know. Morgan Riley was set to be a UFA, but they re-signed him, um, which added another, you know, high cap hit to their already team of Nylander, Marner, Tavares. Um, so I would say, yeah, if they, if they if they lose in the first round again, I'm I'm betting right now Dubas is either fired or they move they 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 move someone like Nylander or Marner. Um, don't think it would be Tavares because of his contract and age. Uh, and they're not moving Matthews anywhere. But, um, yeah, they, they would have to do something at that point. Uh, no matter what uh, the uh, Steve Dangle podcast had, because they had Tavares getting traded to Detroit or something like that in the at least rebuild. That ain't happening. No, that ain't happening. Um, I'm, I'm looking at some of these. I'm sorry. Uh, Phil, you got another one? 
got another one. Hmm. I'll I'll go with this one right now. Florida Panthers, show you're better than just being the other Florida team. Go come on out, come out of the bracket. Why not? That they, they can do it. They're good. Detroit Red Wings make the playoffs and start making strides towards being one of the big boys. That team could be scary in about another year. Just remember, they they have Moritz Sider already, but someone on Team Sweden was looking really good for them in the World Juniors before it got shut down, and that's Simon Edmondson. And Simon Edmondson, I, I call me crazy, but there is a good shot that he has a better NHL career than Owen Power. Wow. I it just he is a tremendous skater, and the offense is is a lot. It, it, there's a lot more offense to Edvinson than people ever thought there would be, and that same thing happened with Mort Sider. Mort Sider, nobody thought that he was worth a six overall pick. Now this guy looks like a future Norris winner. Yeah, I mean I got him on two fantasy teams. I love it. Oh, I love God. having him, Anthony. Um. See the Cody's. I guess if I had to, if I had to pick one more, I, I would say the the Colorado Avalanche take the next step. I mean, they've they've been talked about for the last couple of years now. Um, you know, they're they're a high octane team. Everyone, I would say the last two years or so, people picked them to kind of go all the way to the finals. Uh, they have that talent. Um, you got to put it together. I mean, it's not like the Maple Leafs where if they don't, they need to make massive changes. But they, they do need to take that next step and, you know, um, get to the Stanley Cup finals and compete for a cup because, uh, like I said, they, they have the talent to do it. Phil, do you got another one? Yeah, I, I, I got another one. Dallas Stars, are you all in or are you going to rebuild? Because they look like they're going to miss the playoffs. And honestly, I would look at trading Tyler Sagan if they can move Tyler Sagan in that contract. I don't, nobody's going to take Jamie Benn. I can tell you that right now. But Dallas definitely needs to make a decision on whether they're going to go all in or whether they're going to rebuild. So I'm going to go with what Sean just said right here. Speaking about teams that need to win a round in the playoffs, news resolution for the Oilers, continue oiling, trade the McDavid to the Rangers. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, please. I, I, I take him right now. But um, – <clears throat> The Oilers got to win around. They got to win around in the playoffs. How are they going to do that right now? The eighth seed in the in the West, and I still don't exactly see the team that they're beating. But then again, they shouldn't be losing this way. So maybe find goaltending. How about this? Find a goaltender. Actually, get a goaltender that's not my age. So it's it just just go win some games. Uh, we're looking to see if anybody had any other ones, but what do you guys think about our New Year's resolutions for the NHL? And by the way, how good is Phil looking since he lost all that weight? So throw it all down in the comments below. Leave us a like, share, and subscribe. And we're going to be moving on actually to Q&A because this is, this is actually Anthony's idea of trying to get a timer, and then I figured out a way to do that. Wow, that. <laughs> We, we went through what usually would be 90 minutes and uh, 60 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Sean, that's so cute. 
I I have no problem saying my age is my jersey number. So, oh, it was over oh, here. Oh, Mark. There you go. Yeah. All right. What do you guys got with uh, any rumors or um, rumblings around the league? There's zero. There's nothing. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a lot of stuff right now where, you know, people are talking about it, you know, opinion pieces and articles and stuff like that. There's just stuff saying that the Rangers would be linked to someone like Riley Smith. Nothing really new. Um, talk talk about the possibility of Tomas Hurdle, but uh, people don't see that happening. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I do think that the uh, that the the Rangers need to to make a move, and I, I would rather them do it sooner than later so that they can make the adjustment to have that player you know, get acclimated to the system before playoff time. Well, before I should say, I mean, there's, what do you think the teams will start making moves? I mean, do you, Jim Rutherford is a general manager again, right? Yeah. So yeah, I think he's a general manager of the Canucks, right? Yeah. He's the president. Yeah. So, and so yeah, now, now Vancouver could probably make the Jim Rutherford special and make the move in like January as opposed to waiting until February. So, cause he was always good for that every year. A 49er. By the way, Michael, great to see you again. Yeah. Michael ran into us outside the NHL store when we went to the preseason game. So, Oh yeah. That, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, because I would say post Olympic break, but now there's no post Olympic break, so I have yeah, no idea. What I mean, maybe, maybe in sometime in late, I don't know, late January, maybe you might, you know, because what the trade deadline is one this year, it's March again, right? Sometime in March, yes, yeah, it's uh, I believe it's sometime in March. Um, yeah, Rangers won a few more face offs, that's actually a good one. Uh, I'm gonna highlight this one from David, you know, you're, you're right about that, David. Um, they. There hasn't been any type of source because no one, I don't think there's really been any talks as of yet for anything. Nobody, Vegas isn't going to look to deal him off until Jack Eichel gets close to coming back. And that's mm-hmm. when you're going to see that. So, um, I, honestly, I, there's been nothing as of yet, but you're, you're right. It, it comes from him being a UFA and then Vegas needing to move the cap. And obviously the fit with Gallant having coached previously there. So, yeah, well, not a lot of times do you have teams winning that trade a player just because their contract is. Yeah, expired. I was just gonna say Vegas. Vegas is the best team in the West right now, forty-two points. I mean, I don't, I know what the the cap is, the cap, but I, I, I mean, you gotta think they would move someone else before you move Riley Smith and being in their position. Who, who are they gonna move though? That that's the thing. Like, it, 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 they gotta get Eichel under the cap, right? Yeah, or, no, I, I know that. Yeah. But, but are, are are they gonna move? Alec Martinez. I mean, who's going to take that contract? I mean, he's 34 and has another two years left at 5.25 million. You might have to to retain on that. And not only that, but he's got a modified uh, no trade clause. So he's got a 16 team no list uh, this year. So half of the teams in the league, he can veto too. And then uh, the the following two years are are a a 12 team, in 2022-23, and an eight-team no-trade no list in 23-24. But, now, I mean, they have Here's to. one misconception about though. It's 3.71 uh, on the season. 
Now, Eichel's contract is prorated, right? So if he only plays half yeah. a year, they got to worry about $5 million? Yeah, but the, it, he comes off of the LTIR. They, they, as of right now on cap friendly, they've used they they have eleven point eight three two million in LTIR being used. That is and correct. Not only that, but um, they Alec Martinez is actually on LTIR as well. Nolan Patrick <coughs> is only is AV's one point two million, and then Jake Bischoff as well. So. Um, I mean, this season they had seventeen point one six six million to start. Now it's down to eleven eight. They're still going to have to move some sort of major salary. You're not moving. They could. Go ahead. I, I was yeah, just going to say they could. They could move um, the Don off. He's got to make five million, and you know, maybe maybe there's a team like you know Arizona is always looking to be a team to facilitate to facilitate trades because they have the cap space and pick up extra assets along the way. So what do they care? Maybe maybe they move Dodonov to Arizona, free up five million. They give Arizona, you know, an asset for doing so, um, and they just free themselves five million of cap space. I think they would rather move him than Riley Smith. Probably, but uh, I mean, he has a no. He has a ten-team no-trade list. Yeah, he does. Okay, I mean. But yeah. yeah, he does. So He's got a Arizona. Arizona might be on that list. I'd imagine he probably wouldn't want to go play for them. I mean, then again, he played for Ottawa. He signed with Ottawa. He's willing, willingly signed with Ottawa. Different story with, with and I and I say this very, very loosely because you know my thoughts on Eugene Meldick, but better ownership than what's going on in who knows what land in Arizona. Because yeah, I don't know what they're doing over there. That team is just ugh. Well, they're one of the teams that's getting beaten up by the current protocols and not having people uh, in. I mean, just just all the stuff. I mean, they're, they're financially speaking, well, first off, they should never put it in Glendale. That's what they should have never done. But now you got to build a brand new stadium after like fifteen years. Who has the money to build new stadiums every fifteen years? Ridiculous. You? I, I, I don't know. I mean, you could trade little, uh, smaller guys like Carrier and Janmark and <laughs> Chandler Stevenson. That, that would be a, a good one. I just you, – you could move him. I mean, the Rangers could could use a guy like him, funny enough. I, I, I don't know if he'd necessarily fit, but – just because of the fact that he's got two years left of, of term after this. And I, I don't think the Rangers are going to take on anybody with term unless the term is small or they're a young cost controlled forward at this point. So they have Zach Whitecloud making 725,000 this year going up to 2,750. I mean, there's a lot of these contracts that they're, they, they're extended and they're blowing up next year. Yeah. I mean, Pacioretty's making $7 million, but you wouldn't trade him. He's playing great right now. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. No. Like, they'll, 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 I'm sure they'll, again, these teams always somehow get around these things. I'm sure they'll 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 deal with it by, you know, not sacrificing a core player. Like you said, they could move the Don off. Um, they could, who knows, they could do some shicey stuff where they take a player, put him on LTIR, 
um, if they're hurt for the time being. So, I mean, they'll find a way around it. I, I just, I would just be surprised if they moved a guy like Riley Smith or Marcia so or, or anybody like that. I don't know if Calgary is the best team in the West, Mike. Um, I, I you know just, what? They're, they're Phil, good. What's up? Look at that one. I, I don't know if they if they move the center depth. I, I get it, and there there are teams that could definitely use a guy who could play both wing and center like he could, but um, I, I just don't know if they would move William Carlson at this point. Problem for him, by the way, he's making $5.9 million and it goes all the way to 2027. Yeah, I, I, that's going to be a problem. That To me, he's an off-season deal. Uh, usually guys that get moved to the deadline are either rentals or players with short term left on their deals. I think William Carlson is an off season deal. I, I think Chandler Stevenson can be their second line center going forward. And he's young enough still to, to be with this team. But I, I, I do agree. I, I, I think Carlson is someone you might want to move on because you, you're not getting 2018's production from him ever again. I don't see 43 goals abnormally high shooting percentage. So um, this was a good one. Dominic Kim right here. Who would we prefer to draft in 2022 with the uh, draft pick in the eight in the range of 17 to 28? Uh, looking at mocks and someone who might be available for the Rangers, because they have his brother, actually Riley Hughes, the other Jack Hughes, who is playing at Northeastern university could end up being a, uh, a pick for the Rangers. I'd imagine that they've probably watched some of his games scouting his brother. So I would say take the best player available, hopefully a center, but they could have done that with Yaroslav Askarov last year. And um, so far, uh, Ottman's proven me wrong. So don't yeah, mind that. Uh, Brennan Ottman has been really good. Anthony, who would you want to draft for your team next year? I mean, it depends where they pick. I mean, if they if they get a you know top five pick, uh, let's say, I mean, yeah, you know, Shane Wright would be there. Um, I would love Brad Lambert. I mean, although I saw in the recent mock, he dropped to he dropped to eighth um, in some of the rankings, but I, I still think he's he's hell of a player. Um, I would love to get my hands on him, um, but. I don't know. I would say him or Shane Wright right now would be my would be my favorites. But um, again, I, you know, all the really depends on where they fall in the standings. It's hard. It's hard to predict. But um, I'll tell you one thing. I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate the idea of of being the wor- one of the worst teams in the league next year to get <laughs> a chance to draft Bedard or Mishkov. But yeah. Because whatever team is lucky enough to get, that, I mean, God, that's that's. Vorsky is going to be a good player too. They can turn the franchise he's around. He's been climbing up the rankings left and right, and he looked good in the World Juniors. So, is he another guy for next year? Yeah. So you might have a top three that's really solid. Wow. Yeah, they're they're talking about the top end of next year's draft being one of the best top ends in in a while. So, I would. Uh, I, I definitely would be uh, it's probably since 2015, probably the best top end of a draft since then. So next year's draft, you know, a lot of teams, you know, they might make moves and, and decide to 
start their rebuilds next year and who can blame them with, with three players like that being available. Look, that one's for you. Any decent centers in our system? Um, I like Morgan Barron, but I'm not sure if Morgan Barron's anything more than a middle six center at the NHL, maybe a third line center. Um, to me, there's no real top six center that's like a bona fide guy that I really think for sure will be a top six center. I like Evan Veerling. He was taken number two overall in his OHL draft year, only behind Quinton Byfield. He was taken ahead of Jamie Drysdale. Um, he was traded, I believe, to Erie and started putting up a point per game after the trade. But um, his numbers this year haven't been as good. I, I, I think there's an outside shot that he becomes a good player. There are skills there. Um, not really any centers. I, I, Brett Burrard and Brendan Othman, to me, really stick out. And I, I like what I see with them on the wings because they, they – they they're going to be some pretty good players. I think at the NHL level, especially Barard. I, I think even if he doesn't end up as a top six forward, he will be a key contributing middle six player. Like I, I would say a Carl Haglin with like hands and a, and a shot and a better hockey IQ. He he'll, he, he kind of in a way reminds me of, I hate to say it, but John Gabriel Pajot. That's always high praise. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, you know, which Anthony, is he just having a bad season? I was just going to say, speaking of him, he's actually, before the pause happened, he's started to show flashes of the player that he normally is. Um, he, he's been he's been really good defensively. He's starting to chip in more offensively. Um, and the speculation is, is that that hand procedure or surgery that they kept kind of secret that he was dealing with in the in the conference final. Um, might have been hindering him, you know, throughout this season. Um, so it, it might be signs that whatever he was side effects he was dealing with is, you know, he's getting back to full strength. Um, but he's he's been really good for them actually the last the last couple of games. So uh, as an Islander fan, that's 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 good to see. Mm. And also, he's one of very few players on the team that hasn't gone into COVID protocol um, this season. There's only the goalies, Sorokin, Varlamov, uh, Polak, which he's been hurt. He's been around. He hasn't been around the team, so naturally he hasn't gotten it. Kyle Palmieri and Pajot. That's it. Every single other Islander has has had COVID, which is which is ridiculous. Because when you look at the Rangers, I mean, Tenorti, Nemeth, um, Gorgiev, not no no really true impact players till now. With with yeah, Zibanejad had a false positive. Yeah, so the rain the Rangers have been blessed that way. But my God, the Islanders team literally got has been ravished by COVID. And of course, Brock Nelson finally comes back. You know, shake he's been shaking off the rust after not playing for a while. You know, um, scored a couple of goals, picked up some points last couple of games, and now he's in COVID protocol, um, which it's it's almost laughable that they can't. They can't get a full a full team together. I mean, Oliver Wallstrom has been one of their best players over the last couple of weeks. He's in COVID protocol. You know, Bovillier again. It, it's just you can't you can't make this you can't make this shit up. 
Uh, ooh, prediction for tonight's game. Rangers 4-3 to three over the Panthers. That was the score of the first game. Yeah, that was the score of the first game. Um, <laughs> Islanders need to stop partying together. Ah. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, I'm going to say 3-2, Rangers. Uh, long layoffs, equal high scoring. 5-4, Panthers. Oh, okay. Okay. Understandable. And I hope I'm wrong. Hope it's the other way around. Yeah. But uh, it just long layoffs always equal uh, high scoring, or it's either that or everybody's got to everybody's got to like condense down, and then it's like a two one game or something like that because those those also happen after the Olympic break. But there's been two weeks since a game, so. Ugh. But wow, I can't believe how fast we went through today. It's kind of yeah. blowing my mind a little bit, guys. <laughs> Yeah, and there's there's still an hour and a half until uh, game time. Yeah, five five, five four Rangers, Rangers three Reeves uh, fights. Three Reeves fights. <laughs> Anthony, when do the Islanders play again? Tomorrow. I mean, ever facetiously <laughs> tomorrow, and yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be a bare. Maybe. I mean, it's gonna kind of almost be a bare bones roster. I mean, Palmieri's out with an injury. Not that he's performing, but he's out. Bovillier. Pajot, Parise, all in COVID protocol right there. Um, so they're going to have a lot of they're going to have a lot of um, holes in their lineup. I mean, you know, the Doug Coles and Austin Zarnicks of the world and um, Ross Ross Johnston. They're all they're all going to be in the lineup tomorrow because they're in net with. It's just it's just. I mean, I, I don't need. It's just a loss. I'm not a loss for words really. It's just um, like it's just, is there any ever any time that you ever look at this season and think of any season where everything went wrong? None of us had the Islanders being this bad. How did they get this bad? You know, the funny thing was when the road trip was coming to, I mean, I think they were, I think they were five, three, and two at one point. And it looked, yeah, and they were five hundred. Yeah, and for they you were, know yeah. to be to be five, three, and two after. You know what is that? Ten, 10 games all on the road. That that's that's pretty good. And then it just, you know, the, the wheels, you know, the wheels kind of fell off the bus. And you know, sometimes, sometimes when you're not feeling good about yourselves um, and you're really down, you know, things things can get things can get away quickly. And um, you know, I, I don't often put things on Barry Trotz, but um, you know, he he didn't he didn't do enough to to get them to get them out of it, you know, um, mm -hmm. you know, I know, I know Wallstrom maybe struggles sometimes defensively, but when you're struggling to score goals, why, why are you limiting his ice time? I mean, the guy's on, the guy's on pace for 25 goals. I just, you know, I just looked at his, his projections on ESPN site gives every player's stat line and then gives their projected totals. And, um, you know, with, with his shot and the way he plays, he could easily do that. And I, I think he needs to get more minutes. He absolutely needs to get more minutes. And those, right. little, those are the little things that Trotz, um, Trotz didn't do. I um, said it. I said it. No, you're that. right. I mean, the one the one thing I'll say about that is Eberle probably doesn't have as many goals as he does right now at Seattle just because of the system. But still, he had he had good chemistry with, with Barzell. And I go back to – I, I I know it's tough to get on Lou because Seattle didn't make any side deals, which we all thought was going to happen a lot. 
But mm. I don't know why he didn't make a side deal with with Seattle. We're saying, okay, look, Bailey and or Eberle are available for you to pick. I will give you asset A to pick in exchange for picking Bailey over Eberle. I don't know why. I don't know why he didn't make that make that offer to them. Um, I've been saying I, was, was that asset going to be Andrew Ladd? No, no, no. But no, I mean. Not. I mean, it's it's just they're they're an expansion team. They weren't going to ask for the moon for that. I mean, they they make similar Bailey and Eberle have similar cap hits, similar term left. Um, I don't understand why he just didn't throw them up. You know, I'll give you a second round pick or 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 a third <laughs> round or a third round pick and a middling prospect if you if you don't take Eberle and take Bailey. I don't I don't know why that didn't happen and. And I'm really frustrated about it still. I, I don't know if I know Lou, we all talk about how loyal of a guy he is at times. And, you know, Bailey's been an Islander for so long and he's a trots guy, but still, I mean, that should go out the window. I, I just don't know why that didn't even come into consideration. So um, my biggest problem but, here is that you're, you're, you're not like, okay. So if you weren't going to be able to get Josh Bailey to be moved because I'm sorry. I've been saying this for a while. I know you were against me, especially when he had this big 70 point year a few years back. <laughs> Josh Bailey is Mr. Vanilla. He is. He, he just that. It's just what he is. He's he's a guy that scores maybe 15 goals and maybe puts up 40, 45 yes. points. That's yeah. that's what he yeah. is. And he's not a bad player, no. but he's vanilla and he's replaceable. Mm-hmm. And yeah. for me, to me, you you should have never prioritized him over Jordan Everly and you should the have fourth line and, and you should have never ever prioritized Kyle Palmieri who just is not a facilitator in any such sort of capacity over a guy like Jordan Everly who was a better player and helps out your first line helps out your star forward I, I just to me it was poor asset management I get Letty had to be moved for cap reasons but what were you doing moving him without having something not lined up or not? That's I mean, one of the things we could second guess. And also, which was better to keep the identity line together or to keep your top line together? It's always the top line. It's always you the top line. You can find another guy for the identity line. But two things before I get into that, Mark. Well, I just wanted to talk to Phil. I agree with you, Phil, um, with the Palmieri Eberly. But at least with that, like the Bailey, the Bailey Eberly, I really, I really can't see the plus side. At least with Palmieri, I could see maybe where they were coming from. You know, in the playoffs, he played really well. He played a physical brand of hockey. He was more involved, mm-hmm. and I guess they felt that type of play. Um, they wanted someone more with an edge, mm-hmm. and being that he was so consistent scoring goals, they probably felt okay. Maybe he fits the system better. So I at least see it. Mark, to your point, I yes, I was shocked when the protection list came out that they protected Martin and Clutterbuck. I mean, everyone thought it was probably going to be Bailey and Eberly, and they lose maybe Kiefer Bellows. Um, but the fact that they protected Martin and Clutterbuck just showed their desire to keep that identity line intact. Um, and probably one of the reasons why Sezikis – we all knew Sezikis was re-signed when those two guys were protected. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I, listen, I give the identity line a lot of credit. They've been the identity of the Islanders – um, you know, they kind of changed the landscapes of how fourth lines work for a while. They were like the blueprint that teams are trying to emulate with that fourth line. But now they're getting older. They're getting, well, not so much to Zika. He's As we all talked about in the summer, he's still a really effective player. Clutterbuck and Martin, um, more so Martin, because Clutterbuck actually stayed healthy this year and has been 
okay. But as an entirety, that line, you know, isn't as effective as it used to be. So, um, but I guess, again, Barry Trotz hockey, Lou Lamorello hockey, they, they wanted to keep that identity intact. But um, I was By just – By the way, I got to say, this one right here is probably a slam dunk. Who's the better player? It's Kratzoff or Wallstrom. I don't know if Kratzoff plays a game in the NHL. It, it, I mean, it, right. It's got to be Wallstrom as of right yeah. now. Unless something drastic changes with Kratzoff, whether it's him playing with the Rangers and jumping into a top six role and producing – or whether he gets traded and, and, and jumps into a top six role and produces elsewhere, it, the money's got to be on Wallstrom right now. Hey, but how good has Leah Anderson been doing? Like, <laughs> Here, eventually it's thing. like. I, I, I just, one, I don't understand the people that defend the organization in the way that they've handled these players. <laughs> and I just don't get it. I mean, they'll be the first ones to question when someone like Patrick Nemeth is in the lineup over Zach Jones, and they'll will we'll go, oh, development, development, development. But we're gonna call Kraftsov whining and entitled and all this other stuff. I, I just, I I don't get that, and I I really wonder what would happen if this was a top two pick. Like somebody, somebody asked me is if next year if the Rangers somehow ended up just absolutely bottoming out next year were horrible. And they ended up getting Matthew Mitchkov. And would they pull this garbage with Matthew Mitchkov? And my answer was they better not do that. And I had to further respond and say, it's, it's a shame that we even have to ask this question and have little faith in this organization to handle a player like that because of their, the utter incompetence of the past regime. They picked, I just I don't understand this garbage. I, I really don't. And and Drury with the Butchnevich trade, what, how are Ranger fans supposed to have any faith in this front office? Well, again, I think the Butchnevich trade would be a little bit different if Sammy Blay was playing, uh, but he's not. So and now everybody's I don't going. Think it looks oh. any different at that point? What does well, Sammy so... Blay? Does Sammy Blay make a difference to the point where you're forgetting about Pavel Butchnevich? The no. point was to get Kratzoff playing again. And playing and on that's the top the line. You know what? And here's the biggest thing. If if it wasn't a slam dunk and you weren't guaranteeing him a roster spot, then don't tell him to not show up the rookie camp. That that uh that whole way they, they handled that, and we talked about this at Garbage. length, was um was just kind of amateur hour on the Rangers. And um it it just it just going back to Grant's question, it does just make them the pick look even sillier by taking crafts off because everyone I mean, Phil, we stated before, Phil and I were at the draft. I mean, I think a lot of people expected the Rangers to take Wallstrom with one of those picks. Um, oh, and when they, announced Kraft, when they announced Kraft's off, I think everyone in the building was like, was kind of like, what? There was a collective, yeah. Remember when Detroit picked Moritz Sider? It was yep. the same exact exactly. reaction. Yeah. Um, so. But I just wanted to answer that question from az because it's it's a good question um and if you look at the free agent crop of defensemen next year a lot of them are older um not really going to work out like pk suban chris letang guys like that but um john klingberg's a free agent whether he makes it there that might be a target but you know who's a free agent that honestly there could be a reunion nick letty's a ufa and i know <laughs> trots not i know trots did not like losing him um i could and the Islanders cap problems are, are pretty much gone. So I, I could see if they didn't, you know, make a, acquire someone sooner through trade. Uh, I could see Nick Letty coming back to the Island. 
Um, but aside from free agents, I think he might go the trade route. Um, I, I hate to speculate because we never know who could be available. There might be a guy that we literally have no idea. Um, but, you know, maybe Sam Gerrard is an offseason trade. Uh, but so but off the top of my head, I would say just based on free agents alone, I would say Klinberg or Letty. But we never knew what, what Lou is going to do prior. He could swing a trade for somebody. But if, in the case for the Islanders, their best solution might be to get a free agent defenseman to fill that void and somebody maybe like a Chris Letang you could get there. He's 35, and, he's 35 though. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, that guy seems to me like he might end his career in Pittsburgh, but who, I mean, who, who do know? Well, he should. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 you know, AZ suggesting Joel Edmondson. I mean, he might he'll probably come, you know, it won't be as, be cheaper than some of the other guys, but um, I think I think Lou's really going to try to not really swing for the fences, but I think he's going to look for someone significant to play the left side defense next season. Yeah, I I, I don't know if there's any. Sorry. I don't know if there's a, a major solution for the Islanders in the free agent market. I I think that Sam Gerrard might end up being the guy that they would want to target. I just don't know if they're going to want to give up the pieces that it would require. And I, I think that By the way, he had a beauty of a goal last Oliver night. Oliver Wallstrom at this point, because I don't know. I, I think they might shift their focus away from Anthony Bovillier and look at Wallstrom. Which I'm think. not, I mean, I'm not I trading. Mean, go for me if I'm the Islanders. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not trading. Oliver Wallstrom. I mean, I, obviously, I think that's what they might be looking for at this point in Colorado. I, I, I think it's going to look like a, sort of like the Jones for Johansson deal with a little bit of a different scaling, I guess, if you will. I mean, like I said, I wouldn't really, really wouldn't be surprised if Nick Letty came back as a free agent if the, if they didn't solve the hole or if they didn't plug the hole earlier. Bovillier making 4.15, signed through 2024. You know what? Maybe, maybe that'll actually be a good one. Yeah. I don't, oh, by I don't the way, you said Sam Gerard, right? I was thinking David Savard. <laughs> no, two totally <laughs> different guys. <laughs> two totally different guys, two totally different points of their careers. Yeah. Just dumb. I, you know, it's funny because I don't, I don't know if you just saw this recently. A while back, um, I'm pretty sure it was Elliot Friedman reported that uh, that from Buffalo Adams wanted um, Heal Schneider, Lundqvist, and Kraftsoff for uh, for Jack Eichel. But it actually came out on uh, Friedman's uh, 32 Thoughts, I believe it was, about what they wanted for um, from I uh, from Eichel for Buffalo, or I mean from uh, Anaheim. And it was it was Zegras, Drysdale, and the equivalent of two other first round assets. So like two first round picks, right? First round prospects, ridiculous. Are they, are they out of their damn minds? You thought you were trying to get Trevor Zegras for Jack for an injured Jack Eichel with all the uncertainty? Oh, here's a good one for you guys, Lou Lamarillo. Where do you <laughs> rank him best general managers in sports history? He's in the upper echelon. I, I would say, I mean, he, he, who's one of the I, ones you could think of and say he's the best all time. And Branch Rickey comes to mind for me. I mean, I, 
Branch Rickey changed an entire sport. He actually changed yeah. sports in general. So, yeah, he would have to be up there. Um, wow. Uh, great general managers. Gene Stick Michael, for me, would have to be right up near the top of my list. He cultivated an entire Yankee dynasty when George Steinbrenner had to take his hands off. Yeah. The late 80s, yeah. early 80s. Uh, yeah, he did. You know, I'm going to be honest on this one. I mean, I, I obviously I, I know about the hockey general managers. I don't know enough about some of like the best football general managers, or I know Gene Michael baseball, but coaches have a lot to say about it with, with uh, like, football. They like they now NBA, have general managers now, though. like NBA general managers. But I can speak to this. I mean, Lou Lamorello has been a guy. We listen. We all know his reputation. We make jokes about mafia and stuff. But that but that aside. Um, when you think of Lou Lamorello, you think of one word comes to mind, and that's respect. I mean, the guy, the guy's first class. Um, you know, he's stern, but he's fair. I mean, you hear stories of you know players talking about him. You know, I really, he really, um, you know, takes care of people's families and stuff when he brings players in, um, and he expects the best. And that just goes to you know the cleanly, the cleanly, the cleanliness, being shaven, all that stuff, uh, attention to detail. Um, you know, he's just a first class guy and listen, he's, he's won championships. So, um, I don't know exactly where, where I rank him. Um, but I agree with Philk. Um, definitely, definitely upper echelon for sure. He's definitely the best American GM of all time. He's, uh, he's identified American talent uh, so well throughout the last 20 years. Brian Rafalski, uh, Bill Guerin. And the funny thing is, I'm naming those two guys off the top of my head. They actually played down for the Devils because the Devils had their system, defense first, and then you see other guys taking off. I mean, Rafalski had a great career, the rest of it in Detroit. Um, Garen in, well, everywhere that he went, uh, he was always uh, great. Um, like there, He was able to always identify guys. Jim Nell, uh, like his first 20 or so years, you, you absolutely would say that he was one of the greatest minds in hockey history. You got to You got to talk about Ken Holland, too. Yeah. So um, Ken Holland built built up four Stanley Cup wins in Detroit. Um, he helped turn the, the dead wings into the, the red wings again. I mean, I, I know that, uh, you know, Jimmy Devolano really kind of uh, helped out everything there in Detroit. He was the general manager beforehand and, you know, Iserman, uh, you know, came on and, and then Fedorov and, and Lidstrom, they were like a lot of his picks, but, but Ken Holland made the necessary additions for them to be able to win those cups and, and then really kind of took the, the, the core of that and, and then won another two in 2002 and uh, 2008. So, um, But you got to also look at a baseball, Theo Epstein. There's yeah. another one. You're telling me a guy that ends the curses in Boston and Chicago? I don't know if my eyes bulged out of my head enough right there. Yeah, that's, that is some sort of miracle work there. So, but let's also be, be honest. Like sometimes you got guys that the the balls break for them. Like I mean, George Young 
great general manager, uh, but he ended up falling into Lawrence Taylor, and then everything else kind of fell onto that. Ernie Acorsi drafted uh, both uh, John Elway and Eli Manning. One of them never played for his team ever. Uh, never played for his team. The other one won two Super Bowls. So um, well, he didn't. He didn't draft Eli Manning. Ernie Corsi? He didn't draft Eli Manning. That was a trade. That was a draft day trade for Philip Rivers. All right. Technically speaking, it was a draft day trade, but yes, uh, he Manning let him know I'm not playing for the Chargers. Then the same way, the, then, then the Giants. I almost said the Rangers. The Giants ended up drafting Philip Rivers, who they knew San Diego wanted, and then end up giving that. That's like I'm not saying, putting Billy Bean as one of the greatest GMs of all time because he never won anything. Never won a playoff. He won one playoff series. One. Two thousand five. You know a three-headed monster in Oakland in the late nineties, early two thousands, with that rotation with Zito, Mulder, and uh, Hudson, and they still couldn't win. So. Yeah, uh, they just never had the bats. Mike, to answer your question, I was actually hoping the Dolphins would get Deshaun Watson, and then I would just be a Giant fan. And because my again, I should say, because I was a Giant fan, I guess when I was a kid, and um, and I just I've almost Stay had it away. with football. Stay away. No I uh, by the way, I do like this list that um, Az put in, and I do have to say this though: look away from the first one, Phil. Because he's got Stan Bowman on there. Stan Bowman, Eisenman Talon, uh, Dean Lombardi, Armstrong, Jim Neal. I don't think Dale Dale Boyle's done a great job. And Lombardi, oh, Lombardi, ooh. Poyle, yeah. Jim Neal, not, not, not strong enough of a resume for me. Doug Armstrong, not strong enough. Eisenman, okay, I get why you would put Eisenman <laughs> there. Again, he hasn't won anything yet in the NHL, so... I mean, Actually, he's basically no, yeah. made the teams that have won. That's he the difference the between that won the cup. But yeah, so uh, I'll, I'll I'll give Eisenman the credit there. But Stan Bowman, yeah, I I, I get it. Piece of shit, but I, I get it. <laughs> uh, the Giants are going to draft Roethlisberger if they didn't complete the Eli trade. Yes, but once they drafted Rivers, that trade was getting made. Um, I still remember that trade. That was a that was a great that was a great moment. You know, my brothers were all Giant fans, so I mean, part of me still like liked the Giants. And then when they drafted Eli Manning, stay the away. champion for the youngest you brother. Stay away, you you are bad juju. Stay away. The, the, uh, speaking uh, of speaking of football and NFL, um, you got to mention John Madden passed. Um, that was that yeah. was uh, John Madden. Um, fond memories of. I mean, he was, you know. He, he, you laughed at him sometimes, you know, because he said some, he said some, you know, some funny, you know, slash uh, silly things sometimes. But um, I mean, he was he was one of the best. He was a great coaching career, broadcasting. You know, obviously Madden, the video game is named after him. Um, grew up listening to him, um, and it was sad to see that he, you know, he passed at 85 years old. But you know, he lived a long, good life. Um, you know, definitely football, just. You know, football hierarchy. Um, he was he was he was great at pretty much everything he did. So it was sad that we lost John Madden. Yeah. Would you guys say, first off, broadcast wise, we're gonna start with that. Because obviously the video game is incredibly important. But John Madden, probably the most influential TV analyst of all time. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, mean, I would, I would, I would say so. If we're talking TV analysts, so it's, it's, it's got to be him and, and and Doc Emmerich probably one and two. I, how how you know, great Emmerich was that play? How great was oh, the color? Sorry, color. Ooh, yeah, um, John Davidson would, would be a great color. He's in the Hall of Fame for being color uh, for color commentary. So John Davidson for me, yeah. Uh, Anthony. How great was the the summer all Madden tandem? I mean, they I I enjoyed listening to them immensely. Uh, you know those those they. I mean, you can't really think of a greater duo. I mean, they really they really were great. I think the really funny were. part about them was they went from he he literally went from because I mean Summerall and his 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 other buddy I forgot his name at the moment nearly drank themselves into oblivion and that's coming from the bartender right here, but. <laughs> Then he goes from – I might cut that when I edit that. But then he goes uh, – John Madden goes from uh, him and Pat Summerall, who had this immense chemistry, mm-hmm. to him and <laughs> – him. Yeah. Then, it's, uh, then it's him and um, Al Michaels for almost 20 years. And he, the, ABC couldn't throw Boomer Esiason out, and he's a good one, but they couldn't fire him fast enough to get John uh, Madden Madden was the one that made the turducken famous. You always talk about the turducken. I never knew what a turducken was until you know he used to talk about it on Thanksgiving. That's an Alexander Goldberg special, right there. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And a little, and I know some of the guys you're putting some good names in there, Cosell, obviously. Uh, one of the most influential sportscasters of all time. But I really think, especially his, the way he did color changed the game. And the only other guy I can think about, there's two guys I can think about that I gave to put in that category. I'm thinking of an NBA guy right now, but hockey is John Davidson because John Davidson was, was just phenomenal. John John Davidson and Harry Neal were probably the two best color commentary guys in the history of hockey. Uh, and, yeah. and if you ever watched any Hockey Night in Canada games on CBC, you, you just Ron McLean and Harry Neal and Harry Neal are just oh, just in, in, in incredible, incredible tandem. Um, and then in baseball, Tim McCarver hate him. Guys hate him, but why? He, he was great. I, I think a lot of people hate McCarver because he was always on with Buck. Yeah. And, and Joe yep. Buck, a lot of people hate Joe Buck because he just, especially if you're in New York, you hate Joe Buck if you're in New York yeah. because he's just done, he does nothing but absolutely crap on New York teams. So, Vince Scully, Vince Scully is amazing. Vince, Vince Scully, Scully is one of the rare guys that did both. Yeah. 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 Yep. I mean, he did play by play and an analysis. So, yeah. I kind of to move off this one because I saw this from Julian before. And yeah, that's a good one, by the way. Part of it. Does Georgiev get traded at the deadline? Probably not. No. Um, you want goaltending depth of the playoffs. Alexander Georgiev has played much better since Igor Shosturkin went down. Um, yeah, so I, I would say no. Uh, and I, I don't see the veteran that's coming back to make sure. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. So goaltending goal shuffles usually don't happen at the deadline like that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say no to that. I can't answer about the Pats. I, I really don't follow them. Enough do do the Pats make the Super Bowl? No, I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I, don't think so. I, I, I I couldn't tell you for sure. And that that I'm, win 
that win Buffalo had against them on Sunday was immense because now they're in a tie for the AFC East crown, and uh, that was that was a huge game. But no, I don't, I don't see. And someone in here is a Buffalo Bills fan. Let's go Buffalo. Um, yeah, that'll distract you from the Islanders doing so well. I've known uh, him for 16 years, going on 17 years, and he has been a Buffalo Bills fan since the moment I've met him before that. So, yeah, I don't know how or why, but he is. So, gotta give him that because of Paul. I mean, back when the Bills, you know, were making all those Super Bowls, you know, you know, my brother was probably like, I don't know, like 12 or so, you know, so I'm a you know, Thurman Thomas, eight year old kid, just kind of. Be like your brother and I, yeah, no, but the Buffalo, um, Buffalo was that was a that, like I said, that was a big win for him. And Mark, I mean, I just your Dolphins hold the last wild card spot right now, which is amazing being how they started the season. And I, mean, I am not a big believer in um, uh, uh, to a tongue by a low or tongue in the bunghole, low, 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 you know what the, just, his, his name is. What his, uh, I, I, I have not been in, he's been like one of the least impressive young quarterbacks yeah. I've ever watched. And I haven't watched much Dolphin games this year. Yeah. I've actually slept through football Sundays because I've just been unmotivated. Part of it is my job. I work Sunday nights. Yeah. So I see, I, 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 I always kind of see the worst of everybody at the end of a football Sunday. But the other thing is just they could add Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert is so much of a better quarterback. Yeah, and there were times with 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 Tua he throws the ball and you're going, what are you doing? Now yeah. the question is, is he gonna he's he's got this high completion percentage since I think it's week eight. But yes, I still don't know all these stats by the way, guys. Uh, but how many of them are checkdowns? How many of them are just you know little dump off passes? I mean it's that's like Shaquille O'Neal has one of the best field goal percentages of all time. Cause he dunked it yeah. every <laughs> single time. So come on, let's not, let's. Uh, in the yeah. I, yeah. And uh, yeah. by the, by the way, just to add this in um, uh, for the Pats making the Super Bowl, I don't think so because if um, they're trying to think the last time a rookie quarterback, Started the season and made the Super Bowl. I don't think it ever happened. I think the closest was Sean King in 2000 with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The AFC is so is so deep though right now. I mean, you have you have the Chargers at eight and seven. You have the the Ravens at eight and seven. The the Raiders, uh, the 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 Steelers are in it. The Browns are in yeah, the mix. Well, so let's let's get off football though. We've gone a little too far with football here. <laughs> But again, going back to John Madden's football, though, just saying this, uh, that's probably the most influential sports video game of all time. Yeah. And it's a shame what it's become, sort of like NHL. But it's, they need to completely revamp the game and make it great again. But that's never going to happen because all that matters is hockey ultimate team, Madden ultimate team microtransactions who the hell cares about making a video game that everybody's <laughs> going to want every single year yeah um and then uh, i i saw this comment before um from gene uh mccann being a great fit for the rangers yeah uh, i've said yeah. his name before i i think he would be a real good fit he's more of a middle six guy um i think they need a top six guy if McCann is a secondary addition and they can get him for like 
I don't know, a second or a third and a prospect. I, I, I think he would be a real good addition. You get like someone like him and Riley Smith, you really bolster your team and you, you, you increase your chances of winning a first round playoff series, but he can, he can play all three, four positions. He can kill penalties. He's a good enough shooter that you could put him on a power play. Even great shot. He's got a really good shot. Uh, plays good two way game. Uh, he would really, really fit the Rangers like a glove. So yeah, I I would be all for Jared McCann. The and the 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 thing is is that uh, Brandon Tanev actually is going to be out for the rest of the year with a torn ACL. Yeah. So. Um, Seattle would have had two, three, maybe even four guys that would have been available from their team. So now um, kind of uh, affects the market a little bit. Brandon Tanev being out, there's probably going to be a little more of a bidding war for uh, Jared McCann. So that might work against a team like the Rangers. Uh, Here's one over here. And we'll go to debate on this for a second. Who are the best local announce boots that are local announcer boots in hockey that you could think of? And where do the Rangers and the Islander guys rank? Did you guys this see is a that? Really good question, Grant. Did, did you see the like be, before the season started? I, I, don't, I don't. I'm trying to think what the outlet was that did it. I, I can't remember the time, but it was the best. They they ranked the best tandems, um, and the Islanders tandem were, were surprisingly to me they were first. Entire National Hockey League. Wow. Wow. Uh, There's uh, one I, thing I, that I breaks down that tandem for me. Then. I'm gonna try to yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to look it up. Um yeah, I, I remember I during the first game. It's like the first game of the season. Okay, Shannon but do you was, do you think that they deserve the top spot if they're I there? Know why they got it. They got it because Brendan Burke is kind of like widely viewed as like the replacement. You know, he gets a lot of national coverage. Um, you know, he's he's highly regarded. So I think that's majority of the reason why he, they got that. I, I love Brendan Burke on the national stage. I, I I think he does a great job. His energy, his voice, his tone, it just everything that he brings to the table is great. And I think really do think that he like it's tough to build Doc Henrik shoes. And I don't envy Brendan Burke in, in that regard. But he does a very, very good job, and I, I do enjoy him away from Butch Goring because Butch yes. Goring seems to bring out the homerism, the homerism in Brendan Burke. And by the way, I, you know what? Sometimes I don't have a problem with somebody being a homer. It's just I don't, Butch. I, you know, you know Butch what? just he, he's he's like a dentist drill. Yeah, I, I, I am not the. I, I listen. I respect Butch Goring. He was a he was a very very good player in the NHL in his time. Never but, took penalties. And and you know what? I, I just think that Butch is definitely still a fan at heart. And and that's natural. That's fine. But Brendan, when he's away from Butch Goring and he's calling the national games, he's even when he calls the Islanders on national TV, there he is completely different from when he's calling them on MSG. So yeah. for, for, for me. And maybe that's the network. Maybe the network tells them that he's got to be a little more pro Islanders when he's there. But I, I love listening to him when he's when he's doing uh, national games and it's not the Islanders or even the Islanders when it's national. But I, I mean, I love Sam and Joe. And obviously, arguably, by the way, you could make a solid argument, Phil. Sam and Joe might be the second best Rangers tandem because Maloney and Albert 
are fantastic as well. Maloney and Albert are are fantastic when they like, are together. They're I've really said it good. so often, all the time. Kenny Albert is the Swiss Army knife of sports broadcasters. That He's guy like can, do, he can do a, anything. He could do a Rangers radio game, a, um, a Knicks telecast filling in for a brain, uh, then jump over, do the NFL on Fox, and then do a baseball game on Fox as well. I mean, he does everything. Uh, I, I like this from John Bob. Uh, I haven't seen you, by, by the way. So oh, welcome to the show, then. Um, but I, I, we got to interview Dave Gosher, Anthony, I believe, um, when you when we were at the uh, the station. Uh, Ashley yeah. got him. Um, so Dave Gosher does a great job. Uh, I, I love his work with Vegas. Um, Randy Hahn in San Jose is one of the best guys of the last, I would say, 30, 40 years. Randy Hahn is amazing. He's part of the reason why I like watching late games in San Jose because Randy Hahn's energy, his voice, just everything that Randy brings to the table is just perfect. Um, he was great with Jamie Baker when Jamie Baker was there. Uh, Drew Remenda when Drew Remenda before he went to Edmonton. Um, he was one of those guys. Jim Houston, I loved watching yeah. Vancouver and especially Vancouver in the early two thousands when they were that high powered offense with the Naslin Morrison Bertuzzi line oh. and the Sedins as the second line. I loved staying up watching Jovo cop with Vancouver and, and, and Adler and Bieksa and, and Sammy Sallow, Matthias Oland, you know, well, like, let oh. me throw this one in there. Cause I could definitely say who's not the best tandem. And that's the Tampa yeah, Bay radio. And Andy Brickley. A what? Jack Edwards and Andy Brickley. Okay, I yeah. It. It was, I was thinking it was, uh, it was it was the athletic. The athletic had the had did the did the rankings and did Staple do it? Yeah, um, the Islanders were number one. It said local ranking one, national two. Last season was eleven, and it just basically just basically said about the reason for the reason for it was Brendan Burke was amazing, calls the game. Um Scoring is sometimes considered a homer, but his analysis and occasional rants are beloved by Islanders fans. Uh, Shannon Hogan and AJ Malesko also drew positive reviews in the studio. Um, so yeah, they were one, and uh, the Knights were two. Oh, yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm shaking, I'm, uh, I'm shaking my head at the at Shannon, not at um, not a fan of Shannon, but AJ Malesko is fantastic. I, I don't yeah. mind her, but I, 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 don't, I don't, I don't think she's bad. I know. I don't think she's bad. That's... I, I, I would just, I, I'm not a huge, huge fan of hers. Um, but I, I love AJ Belushko. I, I think she's great. And she's been an awesome pickup for ESPN. Um, uh, who else would I would say? Would be I was, but I was listening to the Islanders versus Tampa game two, driving to a hockey game last year during the summer, during their, uh, their Easter conference. Uh, and what's his name at Tampa Bay that retired last year? Um, oh, I don't know, but it was it was the radio call because I got the NHL yeah. network. So it was <laughs> the Tampa Bay guys. It was Phil Esposito. That guy, oh my God. D describe the play. Every five seconds it would be, and then here's Kudrow. Ah! Just shut the, uh, up. It ranked oh. the, the Rangers were 17th. 17th. Yeah. Who is it? Yeah. Who's the Islanders radio guy? Chris King. Oh, Chris okay. King. Yeah. Oh man, no. Last was the the no. Bruins. The Bruins were ranked thirty uh, first. 
That's when you know who agrees with you on that one. Rick Peckham. That was that was his name, Rick Peckham. He was really good for the Lightning for a very long time. Um, and yeah, I'm always gonna love these two together, Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby the Brain. Big fan. They were just two of the voices of my childhood. Bobby the Bobby the Brain Heenan's humor just he'd probably get canceled today, but. Just absolutely hilarious if you go back and you watch Bobby the Brain Heenan and his commentary and just listen to some of the things he says and how he got away with them. Uh, um, Gary Thorne, obviously, and Bill Clement with ESPN were just... Yes. That was the tandem. Um, one of the best out there today. Seattle is so lucky to have him. John Forsland, just amazing. Yeah, John Forsland, I didn't understand oh. how great he was. Until I got to watch him on NBC. And yeah, he, he's real good. He was always somebody I loved watching with center ice. I'd watch Carolina back in the day. And John Forsland was always just a guy that, you know, and he's retiring this year after this year. But the legend, the man, the myth, the legend, Rick Jenner in Buffalo. Mayday! Yeah. Mayday! Mayday! <laughs> Or, but again, or, he's a, he's another guy that when he's he's doing the play, it builds in the play, and it's not like he's just screaming out of nowhere. So, um, yeah, he just knows when to ramp up the energy. Um, yeah, but um, I, I just his calls are just legendary. The the la 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 Fontaine and then uh, uh, Dave Hannon. This series is going back to where Jimmy Hoffa is. Like you just can't, you can't. Like oh, I mean, but but that's why when you talk about Howie Rose, he was completely taken off guard by the Matto goal. And Howie Rose, by the way, also very versatile. He he's able to do everything. Howie Rose, another one. He could he could do anything you put him to. Yeah, and uh, he, what happens with him was he just. I'm not sure if he had that locked and loaded. The the uh, no. and the Rangers have one more hill to climb, baby, because it's Mount Vancouver. Yeah, I yeah I I don't. Uh... I definitely don't think he had that one locked and loaded. I think that was just straight off the hip from him. That that's right. not something that you just you're, you're sitting there storing. You, you he just you knew he was in a frenzy because you knew how much of a Ranger fan he was, and that was just all straight from the heart, and that was awesome. And yeah. I honestly, we love Sam, but Sam is uh, he's losing it a bit. He's, he's yeah, but I mean, part of it has to do with the fact that he's got to call the game on video. And not yeah. actually at the game. He yeah, makes fewer no, mistakes I, I when get you're it. Out of I, I get it, but he's also getting up there in age, and that that's the thing. And if if Sam Rosen, if they're going to replace him, uh, I, I would take Howie Rose in a heartbeat. And I know yeah. Howie Rose would die for that job. Right. And and I mean, again, I would say I would go with um, I would go with Kenny for that if they did, if if Howie Rose. Kenny's another one too. He, he what I love great. about this was that his call on that was two things. It was a tribute. It was a tribute to the Daryl Evans goal. 
And also, it was purely Miracle of Manchester goal. The Miracle of Manchester. And it was purely out of the love of that. But it was also, it's not like he was saying that he was sitting there getting ready for it. He he was like, oh, how about that? What if he gets a hat trick? No, he was legitimately, he was both paying a tribute and being spontaneous at the same time, if that makes any sense. No, it does. It it, it does. I, I just... Oh man, we, he, Gary Thorne's calls and just the the Don Mattingly home run in the '95 playoffs. There it goes. He, oh Go my God! Hold uh, on to the roof. Yeah, just wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, and Mike, I think I kind of agree with you a little bit. Announcing it's both, but then again, you got somebody like um, Brendan Burke, who's Kind of the new wave. And I like that with them. Um, some of the ESPN announcers have been mediocre at best. Um, trying to think one of the guys that said, oh, it's the first game of the season for me too. I'm like, yeah. Uh, Sean McDonough. Sean McDonough, I've, I've never been a fan of his, but it doesn't really matter what I think. You know, he just, he's not bad, but he just doesn't do it for me. You know, like. I don't know. I, I can't put a finger on it. I agree. There, there's – he just – I don't know. I, I just feel like something's missing. Like, And it's not like he's doing a terrible job or anything. I, I just something is just not, not right there. Right. Although, by the way, I do want to say there is an ESPN announcer I do like, and that's Steve Levy, who's a very good guy. Steve Levy, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I always, enjoy, I, I, I liked watching him, or listening to him call games with uh, different guys like Barry Melrose and, and John Saunders and, and Brian Engblom over the years for ESPN. Uh, I, I, I do agree with Sean here. They, they need a boost at the play-by-play position. Mm-hmm. They definitely do. So, I mean, TNT. I know it's Burke and uh, Albert that do their games. I don't know if there's a third or a fourth. Uh, but again, announcing announcing is sort of, I don't want to say it's becoming a lost art. I, I like what you just said about Gore, uh, DiPietro replacing Goring. I think DiPietro would be really good in that regard. I, I, he's another, I think he's, you talk about new wave. He seems like a guy that could that could really be one of those big time new wave guys with with hockey with DiPietro. Darren Pang, I, I love Darren Pang in color. I liked him in um, in in Arizona. I, I like him again in St. Louis. I think he's been really good wherever he's gone doing color commentary. <laughs> if you remember, it's Kirk Kielback and Darren Pang on the Ovechkin goal on the call on the Arizona Coyotes broadcast or the Phoenix Coyotes as they were back then. Yep. And, and, and just him and Kurt Keelback when they see that goal and all you hear from Darren Pang is, Oh, like you just, the pure shock and awe of the two of them on that goal call just makes that goal call. So and that's one of those times where you can have a reaction like that, where you're going, Oh, because you can't believe that. I still think Ovechkin's greatest goal was when he got tripped and he's on his butt and he roofed it on Carey Price. God. Um, I, 
I don't mind Starman. I like his analysis. Um, I, I, I think I, I, Stephen Nelson's okay, but he just, it seems forced when I listen to Stephen Nelson, but it, Starman's analysis is good and he knows his prospects and he knows the guys that are all there very well. So I like what Starman does. I just, maybe I'm just tough on these guys. I don't know, but. Well, I mean, it was a dream of both of us at one point, I think. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, but I mean, oh my god! I, 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 well, it's it's always letting the play. You know, we forgot about and Anthony and I have actually interviewed the both of them on uh, when we had off the post. Uh, Joe Beninati and Craig Lachlan, and they're both excellent guys. Yeah. And I even got to interview Alan May in person at the draft in Dallas. And Alan May was just very, very nice to me. Um, all three of them, top-notch guys at what they do. Top-notch. So, um, I don't think – you know what, Joe? I don't I don't think Tyson Nash is that bad. I I, I just I, – I actually like Tyson Nash. Weirdly enough, I like, I like him. I think he brings a little energy – to a team that really needs it because to sit through an Arizona Coyotes broadcast right now and watch that team lose badly on a nightly basis, you, you've, you've got to have some sort of entertainment. And I got to give Tyson Nash credit for bringing it every night. Which is not easy, especially. I mean, no. I remember when Mick Luddy was the, the Islanders announcer. I don't even think. Hey, Steven. Hey, Steven. Um, I, 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 I don't think they were that good when he was the Islanders announcer, if I recall correctly. No, 2006, no. they weren't that good. No, that, that they well, made the playoffs in 07. They, well, they made it in 02, 03, and 04, but Micheletti before that was there. He jumped in right when like Howie Rose took over for Jigs McDonald in like the mid 90s, I believe. So, oh, no, 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 that was still, um. Damn, now I'm trying to remember who they're uh no, it's Ed Westfall. Uh, oh, so Ed Westfall was their color guy. Yeah, and then Nicoletti. Yeah. So Nicoletti jumped on in like ninety-five or ninety-six, I believe. But um yeah. he he was definitely later. I know that. But I do have to say, by the way, um I, I always kind of uh tease Islander fans by saying, Yeah, you guys had great announcers, Howie Rose and Jugs. It's Jigs, Mark. I know. Leave it to Mark. Yeah, well, <laughs> gotta get yeah. my digs in when I can. No, but um, I, I mean, Mick, uh, you know what's actually a really good tandem, and I love the two of them together. And I just, I think they're they're great. I think they would have even more notoriety <clears throat> if they were in North America, if they were in not North America, but if they were in the U.S. It's Gord Miller and Ray Ferraro. Oh yeah. They are incredible together. I yeah. love when they when they do the World Juniors together or any of the IIHF stuff, or I get to watch the two of them on uh, on TSN on any of the telecasts on the out of market games. I always make sure that I'm I'm with them because I, I really like them. If you want another good play by play guy who's really good, I think and he's underrated and nobody really talks about him, or and people should talk about him a hell of a lot more. Uh, Mike Johnson. 
Johnny. I, I like Mike Johnson a lot. I, Gord I Miller um, had a story that they said, you know, when the World Juniors was playing games, um, that Jeff O'Neill said if the situation uh, came up, yeah, they refer to him as the goods. Who? That was this weekend. And you really told Gord to, to call you that? He said, yeah. I, I mean, you'll doing that too. And by the way, that I love a ball breaker on there. Yeah. I love what, what, what TSN did with their guest spot on letter Kenny. That was hilarious. You ever watch the overdrive clips with O'Neill, McLennan and Hayes? No. Watch them on YouTube when you, when you get, uh, when you get a chance, they're really good. The three of them, it's their podcast, the overdrive and, uh, it, they do a lot of good stuff. They'll have fun <coughs> with them at, at times, and Ray's really good on it. Um, but yeah, just a, a good crew of guys coming together. Um, who else? Was I was just thinking of someone else that I wanted to say too. It was really that was a Merry Christmas to you, Stephen. Yeah, Merry Christmas, Stephen. Merry Christmas to everybody. By the way, uh, hope you guys all had and girls had all had great holidays. I uh, hope you all have uh, some good plans lined up for New Year's and uh, you're all safe. Have a couple of drinks and uh, hopefully no one's driving. I am going three blocks over from where I live, so I don't have to drive and I'm happy about that. <laughs> so. So, yeah. But, uh, uh, Kevin Weeksy is good. Is, is a great studio guy. Yeah, I like him as a studio guy and, and a, a studio analyst, whether he's on NHL Network or ESPN whatever I, I think he's he's awesome you know there's there's another studio analyst that's kind of developing right now and that's Henrik Lundqvist I mean you watch his games from the beginning of the season to now he's getting better yeah day. he's definitely getting better I, I I think the Rangers are onto something um there's another one that we've kind of just not talked about and even though all I think all of us love him all three of us, me, you, and Anthony, and that's Valley. Yep. I, I think he's one of the very best studio analysts in the entire business right now. I have, I have nothing but good things to say about him. I, I love how he incorporates the analytics, but does not make them as a be-all, end-all. And he always factors in the eye test and always talks about how you have to balance the two out. Um, and, and Steven's right about this. The former goalies usually tend to have a better idea to happening or what's happening since they have front row seats to what happened for their entire career. They see it. Catchers so. in baseball too. But again, yeah. like you were saying though, about Valaket, Valaket has done so much work with analytics, but then he takes, I'm, I'm not an analytics guy. I hate analytics, but on the other hand, Valaket takes those analytics and he explains them. He explains them and, and, and immediately you're going, okay, relatable. After all, I mean, not any. So many of us know the term "royal road" or for passing it down the middle or the slot line. I mean, his his work between him, uh, I think it was originally McLean, but McLean Goring and EJ Raddick on Hockey Night Live was outstanding. And also, Valaket used GoPros to give you like the puck eye view at one point. And that it was phenomenal. It was great. It was great what they were doing. So, I mean, you know, Valley, we need more of you. So, 
And by the way, he is literally like as tall as you think. Yeah. If you, I, if you I, think I he's tall, just keep looking up. I've met him in person. He is massive. He's yeah. A big dude. So, yeah. Um, but he, he I, I think he just does a great job. MSG did a really, it got it really good to hold on to him. And I, I like the little, little banter between him and Lundquist sometimes. I think that's a, a, a fun little uh, element to add into any broadcast. Um, I, I liked how they put, and you know what? I'm not really a fan of that podcast that I won't name, but Bissonette, I, uh, I, I like him in that studio with Anson Carter, who I love another one of the new wave and I'm one of the best studio. I love ever. Anson Carter. Anson Carter's great. I, I would love to get him on here. If, if we uh, we'll work, we'll have Anthony work on that. Yeah, but Anson Carter is he's 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 just got such a welcoming presence for you. Yeah, that it's it's it just draws yeah. you in, and yeah, he definitely. does have Davy. Take it easy. Have a great one. Yeah, have a good um, one. It, it is one of those things that that's that's what you need. You need a guy that's going to be talking to you, not talking down to you. And he's just got so much of that. Um, the, cause you said answer Carter. Now, by the way, we did have the tweet last week about somebody saying on Ryan Whitney saying that uh, basketball players aren't tougher than hockey players. Well, hockey's canceling all these games. What's the narrative for that? Like I said before, an atomic bomb would have to go off for them to cancel Christmas Day. Same way for the NHL. You know what would be bad is if they actually canceled the Winter Classic. They are not canceling the Winter Classic. <laughs> they always take a break. That, that, that's another one. I mean, that's their cash cow. That's, that, that's, that's their big event in the middle of the season. Because everybody always says, oh, hockey, all you got is the playoffs. Okay. But that's what hockey's trying to do. They're trying to take Black Friday. They're trying to take... Uh, New Year's Day. They're trying to take maybe Valentine's Day, or you know, I don't, I don't know. Maybe uh, St. Patrick's Day is getting in there, but there's a lot that they're trying to do. And I love this one, by the way. Uh, that he's got stories. Yeah, I, I mean, Stevens met him in person and actually spent time with him. I, I met him passing outside of the garden uh, before. I, I like for a couple. I like days. Valley's uh, pop culture references. Like when he quoted Rounders two years ago. Yeah. Hanging it around, hanging it around. Yeah. Check, check, check. He tricked me. You trapped me. But, uh, yeah, I, he's, and, and Kevin Weeks is pretty good with those references too. He doesn't yeah. overdo them, which is good. You know, you can't overdo those and, and then start getting all cliche and cheesy and corny and stuff. So, Good, good on Kevin Weeks to to balance that out. Um, Kevin Weeks is actually getting better as an insider too. That's over the last couple of years, he started breaking some things before everyone else. So Kevin Weeks is not just going to be a studio analyst; he's probably coming up as one of the next big insiders. For some reason, by the way, and first off, Rich, thank you because I actually I I read this as best podcast. Bah. The bah. hockey guy. I was thinking. I was thinking you sounded more like my grandfather for a minute. No, big out as of like being a Gemini. I could look at myself and go, "You're an idiot." He means Big Apple hockey. 
I, I definitely like the hockey guy. Um, Shannon's is uh, Shannon has his own format, and I, I like Shannon's format. I like a lot of his videos because. And we're still looking to do more videos and more different and more different formats on everything too. Yeah. And, and it's not just going to be like this. We're going to switch things up and, and give you different content in different ways. But Shannon, I, Shannon has a formula that absolutely works for him and he's really good at it. And uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely, uh, I, I love watching his stuff. I love watching his reviews on like players careers and countdowns and his power rankings are always good to watch. His power rankings are great. I, I think that might be the content I love the most from him, his power rankings, because they're always really good. He he, he gives you just enough uh, analysis. And yeah, uh, this one is pretty good. Too, <laughs> they're, they're pretty good. I like your dynamic too. You guys, yeah. you guys do well with that. Yeah. And, 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 and definitely, um, any, any of you guys that are into prospect stuff, um, Wardy is always a, a good channel to watch. Steven just knows so much about prospects. Speaking of which, tomorrow, prospect time. Yeah. Uh, what time is it tomorrow? Uh, Steven, what time is good for you? We'll, uh, we'll wait for Steven's response. We should always that. schedule during a live recording. Yeah, but you know what? We'll 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 get the time from Stephen, but we do want to get it so this way we can uh, we can talk about uh, or we can actually give you all the time for tomorrow, anytime after twelve. So you want to do like uh, two? Uh, if that's good for you, that's fine. I I, I have nothing planned tomorrow. I'm going to be home. Yeah, I figured <laughs> I, I I would get lunch in. So we, we do like 2 p.m. Eastern time. Sounds, sounds like a good one. I'm, I'm basically there just to, just to um, moderate. That's all yeah. So everybody right now, 2 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow, we will be going over Rangers prospects. It'll be us two and Stat Boy Steven will be on with us live. And I don't know why Anthony <laughs> Lesnar, but uh, Anthony definitely just messed around with us and put Brock Lesnar in there for whatever reason, I guess. He oh, man. Well, I mean, you're also going to get some Islander prospects in there, too, because I know he's going to talk about Atu Ratu. And, I mean, the knowledge on all the prospects you guys got is 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 everywhere. So I'm just going to try to, again, just moderate and see how it goes. You know what would have been great is if we could have talked about the World Junior Championship because it would have been going on right now. Well, well, we're going to talk a little bit about what we've seen tomorrow, uh, tomorrow, what was there before the shutdown. So we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about obviously <laughs> Bedard's, uh, yeah. Pronunciation guide for Mark would actually be really good. Um, cause we, we know how Mark is with pronunciation of names. So yeah, actually, cause, uh, I, I, I shied away from, uh, Mitch Cobb's first name. Matt Vey. Matt Okay. That's what I thought it was, but it was still like, and you know what? He had a, he had a great world juniors. He was putting together and it was, it, he it, was this game that was cut short. He was driving to the net. He was doing all the things that you didn't expect him to do. He was looking more like Ovechkin than just the guy that was going to snipe. He, so. I, I don't, I hate using the Ovechkin comparison because I, I don't, 
It's weird. His game, he's not the speed burner like Pavel Bure, and he's not a tank like Ovechkin. The the best thing I could tell you is that he's a little more like Tarasenko, but he's a better playmaker, I would say, than Tarasenko was, if you ask me. Uh, You want to see him get to the dirty areas and drive to the net. He reminds me more of Kucherov than he does any of the other Russians I can think of. And maybe Steven would disagree, but um, yeah. And and this is, yeah, this is it. We were talking about this actually before you came on, Steven. Um, That was one of our bar talk uh, topics was that uh, Mitch Kovin Bedard is going to be the next Crosby Ovechkin type rivalry. And we all said round to it, I believe. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And Brennan, I do agree. Uh, I hate the fact that it got I, canceled, especially only for four cases of COVID. I think they should have never done it to begin with if that was going to be the case. I have four cases of COVID. That's just a joke. It, it's too, it, it just, uh, listen, I get there's safety, but they already had reduced capacity crowds. Like, what are, I, I don't, I just, I don't know. And now turning Canada into a beer league. Nice job. Yeah, great. Yeah. But uh yeah, we'll we'll talk about a little more <laughs> yeah. the World Juniors. I'm I'm annoyed that we really didn't get to watch a whole lot of it, but you know, but I, I, we are going to sign off right here cuz uh, uh that uh Dayquil is really kind of getting me now. <laughs> oh god, Mark. Yeah, I it's just like, come on, just well well, I just, I just, I just want a week where you got a, I, you got a game to make it through, buddy. Come on. Yeah, I know. All right. Well, guys, thank you very much for joining us today. Big Apple Hockey, or bah, as it was called before. But uh, what is guys, it's always a great pleasure uh, having you join us. Uh, having uh, John and Anthony also with An- us. Anthony is trying Anthony to pull, pull something up here. The you get listening. All the May Day, yeah. All the May Day. Freezes a goaltender yeah. and drives it in. That, yeah, but that's not Rick Jenner's ball, Ant. Yeah. Yeah, that's not Rick Jenner's ball, bud. Coming soon. Sick mitts. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to cut it off here, guys. But again, thank you very much for joining us. We look forward to seeing you guys next week and tomorrow for the podcast. And, uh, yeah, have a great time. And let's see if the Rangers beat Florida tonight. Let's go, Rangers. Let's go, Rangers. Oh, my <laughs> keyboard was off.